just like high the most high end fucking I have like a hundred thousand dollar wardrobe <laughs> so we're giving away because they don't have seven dollars in the bank they, yeah living large. they have no security all they have is one on duty cop that polices the stroll or the like a shine police department like he walks around the store but but we figured out well we didn't figure it out once he does a round he's on the other side of the mall yeah well no he'd stay in our just in our store oh. but he would just stay up front and try to fuck the cosmetic chicks <laughs> so over time we had to figure it out where so, humans are fallible yeah. they're never just gonna do their job right they're like a computer program <laughs> so now that I got Dillard's man I had the whole mafia I had every I could get anything in the mall except for puppies and uh, jewelry <laughs> but anything else I had hooked up <laughs> <laughs> Seems pure hair and bone. Ooh, yeah, that's a suit I'd like to own. Ooh, buddy, that suit is you. Ooh, yeah, I believe it too. I see for the business. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. Let's keep this short. Today on the episode, Brant Tobler, this guy, okay, he's on my basketball team. He was on, I guess we don't have a basketball team anymore, but when we had Sean Kemp's kids, he was the second generation player, very good basketball player, but more importantly, he has amazing stories from his degenerate family life. Uh, His father is the worst person I've ever known for anyone uh, to have as a father figure. So uh, I talked to him about his dad and about how he grew up and... um, He's just like a scam artist. I don't know how to describe it, really. He just sort of got by on his his wits and his ability to rob others. Um, it's fun. A lot of fun stories today. So, Brant Tobler, B-R-A-N-D-T. He has his own podcast, too. Um, before we start the episode, a sponsor note, LegalZoom.com. If the excitement of starting your business is getting... Oh, I didn't do it right already. I messed it up. Oh, I get it. If the excitement of starting your business, getting your first customer, and finally quitting your job hasn't moved you to action yet, here's another great reason to get started. It's National Start Your Business Month. What? That's not a thing. National Start Your Business Month. Come on, guys. You can't just make... That's, that's the same importance as Black History Month. You can't, you can't give them the whole month for that. Anyway, LegalZoom wants to help you start your own corporation or LLC or file your DBA. If you know what that is, you might be interested in LegalZoom. I don't know what it is. So you can get up and running quickly and easily. Find out what more than 1 million entrepreneurs have used LegalZoom to start their, down the path of successful business ownership. And this month only, take advantage of a new Start Your Business Month special and get a free three-month trial of all the new QuickBooks. $119 value, free when you enter Ari in the referral box at the checkout. Oh, I'm Ari. That's me. LegalZoom.com, promo code Ari. Uh, LegalZoom provides self-help services and can connect you with the right attorney, but they're not a law firm. LegalZoom.com, promo code Ari. Uh, All right, let's start the episode. Short one. Uh, This week, I will be in um, the Calusa Casino in like North, North, NorCal uh, with Big J. If you live around there, like like an hour and a half north of Sacramento, come on out. Um, And then... I don't have much going on. Dallas with Rogan and Diaz, Rogan and Duncan on the 14th. Um, the Improv in San Jose, the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of March with Steve Simone will be opening for me. That's That'll be fun and exciting and new, like the Love Boat. Um, and then I'm going to see Eddie Bravo 
Fight Hoyler Gracie. Bravo Gracie 2 on the 29th. You guys are not invited to that. And then me and Diaz are going to be in Tempe, Arizona, April 3rd, 4th, 5th. Is that all of them? Yeah, that's all of them. All right, you guys. Oh, Moon Tower. That'll be fun. And then I'm moving back to New York. Moon Tower, then straight back to New York. Uh, let's start the episode. Brant Tobler. Here we go. Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank, episode 156. Daddy Dearest with Brant Tobler. Here we go. Oh, and my 420 show. I have a 420 show at the Comedy Store. It's called Store 20. It's going to be a variety show, you guys. I'm curating it. I'll, there'll be some stand-up, and there'll be some sketches, some video stuff. I'm going to shoot something with Duncan, because uh, he's not going to be around, but we'll put it up there. Um, it's Duncan's birthday, and it's Hitler's birthday. Um, and um, some people will be out. A, a dance, <laughs> Lance Canstopoulos will be performing. Um, it's going to be fun. So it's 4.30 in the afternoon on 4.20 at the Comedy Store. Store 20. You can get tickets now online um, at my website. You can get everything. And you can always, as always, get all my dates on my website and the music I use and extra bonus features from each episode will be on there. So check it out. And the last thing I have to say, uh, a one month, for one month, I'm offering anyone who wants my vinyls. I got all the vinyls back from Chill for Revenge for the Holocaust and they look beautiful. So if anybody wants one with a personalized signature, It'll be on there up until April 4th, and then that'll be done because I'm going to Tempe to give to the guy who ships my stuff out for me. So you have to get it in and what you want on the signature and stuff before April 4th, or you're fucked. So I only have 40 of them. I have 40 left. So if anybody wants one of the 40, it's a weird, cool like like collector's item splash, a splash record. You'll see it on there. Go to the merch page. All right, you guys, let's start. Episode 156, Daddy Dearest with Brant Tobler. Father never taught me how to be a father, treat a mother. I don't wanna have to just repeat another, leave another baby with no daddy, want no mama drama. I just wanna take her back to a time when everything was calmer. Out in Paris on the terrace, watching the Eiffel Tower and the Ferris wheel, yet still nothing could prepare us for the beauty that you be blue be. Looking in your eyes is like a mirror, have to face my fans. Cheer up. Why can't you just be happy without these back and forth thoughts? You too much like the daddy. Badly, I just wanted to spend more time with him. Sadly, life wouldn't let me get around with him. Now I got my own daughter, taught her how to take a first step. Cut the cord, watch her take her first breath. And I'm trying and I'm lying. If I said I wasn't scared, but in life or death, if I ain't here. Apologies in order, Blue Ivy, my daughter. If it was up to me, you would be with me. Sort of like Daddy Darius. All right, we started. We're going. Yeah, still coming down. Yeah, it was that little, walk. It's it's fucking hot out here. Yeah, Bobby said he did real well, and um, and it just made everything way easier. And then he got a super hot girlfriend out of it. And oh, I he stopped. did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, I see some girls on there that I'm like, these girls are incredible. But what I like about it is just the the feeling of power you can get from like not just rejecting a higher level of girl. <laughs> They're like nah, I just said yes to like nine, you know, nines. I don't need this eight right now. Well, I had a I had a strategy when I first got on Tinder that uh, I had a picture with Jeff. It was me, Jeff, and Brady Matthews, two handsome guys, just two handsome dudes, and then and then uh, 
a lot of chicks were swiping it, but then one time this chick swiped it and she was like, then she sent me a message and was like, oh, I thought you were the guy in the middle, never mind. <laughs> oh, wow. And I wish in hindsight I would have wrote, I, the guy in the middle would never fucking talk to you. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> but was I die. just blocked her, yeah. But uh, I, it's like a game. I don't, I don't know. It's the first high. Even though you do say, like you've already gotten to the point on Tinder where you're like, look, I like you. I like the way you look and you look the way I look. We don't know anything about each other. That first like, Hey, it's just still like I feel like I'm bothering them. Yeah, but then when sometimes when I'm drunk, I just swipe right for an hour. I don't even look. I just will sit there and watch TV and swipe right, and then just on the road, just see what's coming back. Yeah, we on the, but I had no luck on the road. We were like, a lot of times I'd be like, "Oh, you don't live here." I'm like, "Well, are you really trying to fall in love on me?" Yeah, yeah, right. I don't live here, so we got three days. You want to break your schneid or not? Yeah, and you got free tickets to the show. You'll get a drink for free. Just come out. Yeah, whenever we were on the road and like Jeff had a door deal, I would just just get on there and just blast and then just say, hey, come, come, See? come, 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 come to the shows. Oh, wow. And it would, you know, it's different with Jeff on the road. He, the girls will come. And they have friends with him. Yeah, then, then you got five groups of five and it's like, all right. I'm taking my shirt off. Five groups of five, what? Five girls. Oh, right. Being with him, is there's nothing like it on the road. <sighs> Jeff dies on another level. Then we just, I mean, sometimes we'll wait in the green room after the show 20 minutes and then come out and see who's left. They'll, they'll still be all waiting. Just waiting. Like yeah, I said, and just get rid four of, like, groups of five and then he'll just, then I just ride it out and like, I'll, I'll take whatever the second one is in whichever group he chooses. My friend Eddie Bravo used to call it when he would come on the road with us, me and Rogan, he would say he would get Rogan's fallout pussy. Yeah. If Rogan just didn't feel like or if he was with some girl or whatever and he wanted, he was just like, Eddie was there ready to, well, you look like you already wanted to fuck. Yeah, yeah. So when well, I you, interest you in a second choice. You got to wait for your friend. So, I mean, what are you going to do? You, just, you could either come fuck with me or just wait in the car while Jeff, uh, <laughs> no, I can't thank Jeff enough, man. Well, shit, the last thing I do got. Do you get some of that? You do. Yeah. Well, some pussy, but even this last, I got to go to the Super Bowl because a girl bought Jeff tickets. What? That's and how I you was, guys went? Yeah. And did you see those tickets? We were fucking. They were amazing. What were they on? The floor? They were 40, they, were, they were second row, uh, 45 yard line, dead center. Wow. And fucking incredible. He just calls me. That was better than Renazisi's. Uh, from from Fox and the league, ours ours were better than anyone, and uh, I would I don't know if you'll ever have better tickets than that. That's what sucks as a Bronco fan. I was like, I'll never see a better game. I'll never have better tickets see, to that. And see I'll any never see a, game. to see any game ever. Yeah. It's a fucking Super Bowl, and I was I mean they were incredible. What a shitty performance! Yeah. I was in Denver the whole week before, so I was like, yeah, I'm rooting for them. I'm pulling for them. I saw the team spirit. You yeah, know? yeah. Hey, uh, so yeah, it was. He calls me one day. He goes, "You want to go to the Super Bowl?" I was like, "Of course," but I mean, I can't go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. He's like, "If you get a flight," I was like, "All right." And I didn't even think anything about the tickets. Like, I was just happy to be at the Super Bowl. So then we got there. We had no idea where we were going. And then I, so he's like, "Let's go see where our seats are." And we just kept going lower and lower. And I was like, "Holy shit! Wow, is this real?" And then fucking, I posted a picture online. And then all my friends are like, man, I was looking at tickets the other day. Those are like $9,000 seats. I was like, I don't have $9,000 in the world. I didn't, trust me, I didn't buy them. I can't tell you who bought them because it was like a secret, but. 9000 I've sat in like $1,000 tickets from Rogan for like the UFC, but I've never yeah. like, but it always says zero on them. It's just like, if yeah. you look at who's next to you. Well, that's, like, I, I save every ticket stub I've ever had since I was like eight. But yeah, then, I did that until like 11th grade. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Oh, see, I keep them all in a. That's what I think I'll tell my kids one day is that's the cool thing now as like a comic and having friends. Yeah. Now all my tickets say zero dollars. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm sure my son will be like, well, how come these? How come this one has a price and none of these don't? I said, hey, these are all free it's tickets forever, hustling, man. <laughs> these are all comp tickets. 
Uh, yeah, those Rogan tickets. I always tell a story about the time uh, I've gone twice when Benson takes me with them, and it's just incredible. Doug Benson? Free tickets, oh, yeah. free drinks and food. Oh, they down there at the MGM yeah, yeah. on the floor. Yeah, if you go to the early fights, too, there's no, the, the yeah. waitresses are waiting for something to do. We always go. That, that, the one time I went, I, I literally had like $20 to my name, and Benson calls me up, and he's like, you want to go to UFC? And I'm like, fuck, man, I just don't have any money. But then I was like, I just got to go for it. And I so I went to the ATM, and I pulled out $200 just knowing I'd be overdraft or whatever. Yeah. And I was. This is like when I was at the shittiest point in Vegas, just depressed. I got on the bus, and I was like, "No one in the world is taking the bus to these thousand dollar tickets." <laughs> I get to our fucking seats. We sit down. In walks Red Band and his porn star girl. We get a tap on the shoulder. Bill Burr's sitting right behind oh, really? me. I look over, and then it's you and like Teve and I think Tripoli. Oh yeah, that was that one. And then Russell Everybody's Peters, Ruben Paul. Every I was like, "This is fucking incredible." Oh yeah, that was where all the comics were there. <laughs> yeah, and then that night we went to uh, the Wind. That was my first Russell Peters experience. Like. I didn't know, know what it was parties. like, and then uh, me and Benson show up at the wind to go to the club, and we're like in a hat and shoes and shit. Like, no and the, the bar, the the you know, like the bouncer dude looks like we're looking for the bathrooms or something. And then and then Doug's like, "Yeah, we're with Russell Peters," and the dude's like, "Oh, oh, sorry, sorry." Walked us <laughs> right in, and we were fucking. It's we so had funny a, how the rules change. Oh. I do that too. With like, oh no, he can't come with sneakers. I'm like, all right, I'll just go home. And like, no, he's with me. It's like, oh, no, right this way. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> what? What changed? Who cares about sneakers, bro? And a hat? What are you talking about? <laughs> we did that with the. I was with a tell one time in Vegas, and he had his hat on, and we were going up to the club in uh, in Mandalay Bay, and he had just sold out the House of Blues, and they're like, "You can't go in with the hat," and the tell was just like, "Yeah, whatever." And then his manager's like, "He just fucking sold out House of Blues right downstairs." Yeah, like, "Oh, sorry, sir. Yeah, yeah, come right in. We'll yeah. take care of everything." <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a fucking great change of power. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I love when they try to keep you out. It's always like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Enjoy those night, those clubs. Oh, I hate them. Yeah. I, I would be fine to never, ever go again. Even that time with Russell, it'll never be cooler than that. Yeah. Dan- dance floor, everything paid for, waitress bringing you shit. Even at the end of the night, I was like, this is still shitty. Because I don't dance. So yeah, you don't dance. It, it doesn't and you can't talk in a place like that. Do so nothing loud. for me. It got to the point where the only way I could enjoy it at all was ecstasy. Really? Yeah. Yes, I'm, yeah. I would have to bring with me every week just in case you went to a club. See, I don't. I and tolerate I, it. And I can't. And once you go to that where you have like private tables and shit, then if you ever go try to be like a regular person, like I don't know I'd why. I'd rather do the regular thing. You just sit. If you're dancing, you just sit and dance. The private table's like, we're just sitting here where we can't talk to each other. Well, yeah, that part of, too. Let's but just it, go to the, the middle bar. If you're just in there trying to have fun, but if you're a regular dude trying to get chicks in there, yeah. it's the dumbest. Because I tell my friends, like, okay, you can go in there and let's say you go buy a, a girl a, a drink or something. Then if she ever goes to the bathroom, one of these douches with a fucking table is going to grab her and you'll yeah. never see her again. Yeah. You have, just go to a regular bar and fucking. Yeah, but they feel like they've got, they've won something. Pretty much all you're doing is getting them drunk enough so they'll fuck you. And it's like, I don't want to like fucking talk him into it that way i don't want to drug him into it well yeah and if you're doing that you might as well just get a hooker anyway because yeah. if you're buying drinks in the club for a chick you're 200 in easy and still trying yeah there's plenty of hookers there <laughs> yeah. there's plenty of hookers i used to have a rule though you can tell if somebody's a hooker one if they're wearing a prom dress <laughs> randomly because they dress up really nice like the bellagio and two if you say like hi how you doing if they don't just walk away yeah, yeah. That's a hooker. But I guess with Jeff Dodd. Or, or a, thigh ta- a thigh tattoo is always a good hooker spot. <laughs> thigh tattoo, yeah. A big thigh tattoo is good. Or, uh, I, I met a hooker one time that had a Ty's Bitch tattooed on her neck. Ty, what is it? Ty's Bitch. Ty's like Bitch? Like a dude, Ty. Wow. You know, a, a thing I was explaining to people, I don't you know. You made I'm, her get that? You probably know this. Uh, I don't know how much you've dealt with hookers, but that they're not allowed to talk to black dudes. What do you, what do you mean? There's just a rule. Like, they can't. Like if, cab drivers? No, like black dudes at all. I mean, like the way cab drivers won't pick up a black yeah, people? Yeah, yeah, like that, because their pimp will be like, uh, and I didn't know it. What, it'll ruin them? 
ever join yeah. us? Well, the, the, well, that probably too. But then, because then the other like black pimps will try to uh, take them, and then they're just like, oh, so any black people. So like, it's not worth the risk. You can't talk to any. All the hookers I know are like, my pimp won't. Uh, I'm not allowed to fuck black dudes even for money now of course like if you have the high-end ones like jordan and barkley or something yeah like if you obviously those guys get hookers but just regular black dudes like in that they're not allowed to talk to them and if you ever sitting at a bar in vegas and you see because you know black guys are always so aggressive they'll come over and start firing and you'll always see the hooker just get up and they'll be like what girl Come here, blue dress, and they'll and they'll just fucking Come here, head down dress. and just, yeah. <laughs> it was like what a, is that? Come a, here, blue dress. What? I said nothing. A Vegas rule I didn't know. And well, when my friends first started coming out, they would see uh, just like regular dudes from Wyoming. They'd be like, "Man, that girl is fucking hot, just sitting at the bar all by herself." I'm like, "Yeah, that's what you yeah. don't realize." Like, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's yeah. just sitting by the bar all by herself. Yeah, that's so, what I always tell. Yeah. Think in life. When have you ever seen a hot chick sitting by herself anywhere? Ever, yeah. Well, I'm gonna go talk to her. Go ahead. It's gonna lead to something. Come back with business cards. Jason Tebow was uh, was hitting on this girl at the comedy store for like an hour and a half, and he was like, "Dude, I'm really making time with her." Then he was like, "Hey, you want to go back to his closing?" And she's like, "Sure. How much do you have?" And he was like, uh, "I mean, enough for a cab." <laughs> and she's like, and then he was like, "Oh, oh, oh!" <laughs> then he started doing the magic for an hour and a half. <laughs> she was just selling. She wasn't even like talking to me. God damn it. She's a city, shitty saleswoman. Yeah. I want to pitch right away. Yeah, you got to. have already fucked somebody and come back. It's a numbers game, man. You got to keep it moving. <laughs> we used to have a couple of hookers hanging out at the comedy store, and then Josh Nasser fucked one or two of them, and they stopped coming. But they were, cool. we all left them alone. We talked to them like normal people. None of us was time with them. <laughs> they said they fucked Drake and Josh, one of those two guys. Really? Like a regular customer of theirs. What, Drake the rapper? No. The Drake and Josh from that like cartoon... Oh, like Nickelodeon show. I thought you meant Drake the Rapper and Josh Nasser. Oh. I was like, it's two different like, worlds. How do they run together. In what way? Josh ran them off. Yeah, then once they fucked, it became a business place and not a, uh, uh, a hangout. Uh, I guess I don't know. It was nice. They were laid back. There's a couple comics in this world that just run chicks off. That I'm like, man, why do you do that? You, you could have never us. fucked that chick. You just and then you make her never come to a show again, man. You ever have a girl hit on you that like uh? Like has hooked up with a friend of yours, but years ago, and then you have to like do the math. Like, how, how close were they? <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, in this comedy thing now. Now, once I say I'm a comic, then they're like, oh, I hooked up with a comic one time, and I'm like, oh, you got to know who it is. Yeah, of, course, know who. of course, who? Nah, that's not important. No, it's not important. But please tell me. No, it's, and it's very important. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I mean, if he's a really bad comic, then I'll be like, oh, what? We were debating this the other day. Uh, like, if a chick. If she fucked a comic, then would we still fuck her? We were sitting in the improv just going through everyone in there Absolutely. like, would you fuck her? Yeah. Uh, if, he, if she fucked him, I just couldn't. I don't know why. I mean, you could fuck any loser in any other aspect of life, but if I know the dude, I'm like, uh. But if it was like a good comic, someone way better than me, I was like, yeah, then for sure. Yeah, for like reason. I did it with Carlin. Like, all right. Yeah. Before he died, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to get in there. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it'll rub off on me. I've watched since then. <laughs> Man, maybe. <laughs> Uh, so where did you grow up? What's your story? I grew up. I know in, you first from Sean Kemp's kids. Yeah, that was and you know what? The first time I met you actually was uh, I was doing those backyard shows in Vegas, uh, and I was yeah, going to try to get you and Joe to uh, to come do it. But then uh, it was a cool idea. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. It, it really worked out good. But well, anyway, I started in Wyoming. I grew up in Wyoming, and then uh, I moved to Phoenix when I was a kid in Wyoming. My dad went to prison when I was like five. Why? Uh, for selling drugs, he was oh. moving like coke, and then uh, in Wyoming, yeah, and there's drugs everywhere, huh? Yeah, so it was big, and then uh, how long did you go to jail for? 
uh, he was in and out of jail my whole like childhood. So he would come back, uh, you know, he'd be in for like three years. And then my mom told me he was in college. So that was a crazy part. <laughs> I thought my dad was He's in, away in college, like okay, in college till I was like 12. And then, uh, my, my mom dad was finally. too, but it, we used to have to tell our friends he was away on a business trip. Oh, really? Yeah, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. But they're like, "How long is this business trip?" Yeah, I th- I just thought he was in college. I didn't think anything about it. And uh, then when I was like twelve, see, because my dad was just a fucking shitty person, and he would uh he would always tell us that he would send in us shit, and then and then it would never <laughs> come. Show up. Yeah, Aww. so we would literally sit on the porch and wait for the UPS man, and then my mom could only cover it Aww. to some point. But my dad would just make these outlandish promises because he knew he was a shitty dad, I think. And uh, so eventually, my mom's just like, "Yo, kicked him what? Kicked him out?" Uh, no, Since- my mom's just like. I got to tell you something. I'll never forget. She took me in this in uh, in her bedroom, and then she had this folder in her hand. She's like, "I got to tell you something. Your dad, you know, he wasn't in college. Your dad was in prison. You can read about it right here. I read all like the newspaper, the newspaper clippings, clippings, and then uh, and then I was wow. like, all right. And then uh, at that point, I was just about to start seventh grade, so uh, I kind of thought it was cool because we thought we were like gangsters. I hung out with all black dudes, so I thought it gave me like street cred. Black uh, dudes in Wyoming, yeah, because there's a where I'm from, there's an Air Force base, so there's because people are always like black dudes in Wyoming, but they're uh, they're Air literally brings everybody. Yeah, so there was uh, I actually had a, a lot, of, and I played basketball my whole life, so I was. Those are the only black people in Israel. Well, the Ethiopians, but then any of the black people like in Jerusalem or something, they've called like Marine Park. They'd all play there. All the Marines. Yeah, yeah. So we. Uh, yeah. So I felt like it gave me a little street cred, but fuck yeah, of course it did. And I thought it. And my, the only thing for drugs. Yeah, <laughs> and my I had a stepdad. Which was, uh, see, my dad is the worst person in the world, but the only thing he ever did good for me is my stepdad was going to try to adopt me yeah. right before my first year of junior high, which I think is a cool thing and all, but my dad's last name is Huff and Dick, so I would have started junior high as Brant Huff and Dick, yeah. <laughs> which would have been torture. My poor sister has dealt with it her whole life, what? Haley Huff and Dick. Did they have to change your name? Well, no, my dad just wanted to adopt me, and then I was going to take my stepdad's name. He thought oh. that, because he literally raised me from... My friend got married. Her, her, her husband's name was um, Dickman. And she was like, I'm not doing this. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're great and all, but I'm not doing... I'm not beginning... I'm a Dickman forever. So they changed it to Sadikman. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always just... Yeah, yeah. She was dr- like, change your name. Who cares? Just I would have dreaded it. Well, yeah, I hate Huff my... and Dick. It would have been such in a junior sh- high? shitty way to start junior high's oh, brand, Huff and Dick. In a new school? Uh, I, I, uh, I dodged a bullet on that. I hated my dad. Well, I mean, I still hate Huff my and dad. Dick, why are you sitting at the cool table? Sorry. <laughs> I'll go back. And then I tell that story, but then later in life, of course, my dad stole all my identity and just fucked up really? my life on that. So, Do you uh, talk to him anymore? No. So what happened? We might as well skip along to it. My dad. So my dad gets well, out. lead up to it, I guess. Tell the whole story, I guess. Well, no, it's my dad gets out of prison when I'm like, uh, I'm going to junior college in Phoenix. My dad gets out of prison, which was like one of the craziest days of my life because I hadn't seen him in like probably four years. So he sends me a letter and he's like, I'll be at the airport at this time and I'd love to see you. So I went to the airport and I, uh, I didn't know what my dad looked like. Really? I literally was walking around, you know, like when you're at airport bars and shit. So I'd walk around and like look to see like face and i just i really had this weird moment like like if you lost your car in the parking lot or something then when i saw him i was like ah that's you know that's my dad so then i saw him and he he went to vegas he immediately somehow had like right out of prison had like a cocktail waitress girlfriend in in vegas and then uh is this the gen yeah yeah just the worst person he's probably top five worst people in the world so then he 
so then I'm fascinated by it, you know, Vegas and just being around my dad. So then I drop out of college and I moved to Vegas. You dropped out of college? Yeah, but I was just going yeah, to junior white college. Trash move. Yeah. Well, it was just shitty white junior college. I was only going yeah. to try to play basketball. I had no interest in fucking really? college. I was I wanted to be a PE teacher. I think college oh. is the biggest scam in the world. It is. Now people are realizing it's like, it's like it just costs way too much. I'm buying a $300 book for I just need to throw a dodgeball out and let these can tell them not to fucking yeah, put for, their shorts on. Yeah, I didn't need any of that. So I, uh, I dropped out of college all three times, all three junior colleges I tried to go to, and then, uh, so then I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to move to Vegas to be with my dad." And I uh, really our, wait, wait, wait. Why? I just wanted. Well, I just wanted to be around my dad, and I thought he was cool. You know, he came out and he would just he sold me on Vegas. Like, well, you can come here whenever you want, son, and all this. And I just didn't want to do college. So did he just want to have? Did he like the idea of of uh, being in his son's life? Yeah, I think he wanted to start that relationship, so we... But then logistically, he's like, oh, what? I got to actually talk. Uh, yeah. way harder. It's so, like you want to make lunch friends, lunch friends with a friend. <laughs> like, yeah, let's do it. And they're like, well, how about this week? Like, ah, oh, no, not... So we were like, fuck it. We dropped out. Two of my friends, at that that like uh, first Eminem CD had came out, and they fucking just got that Eminem CD. I'll never forget. Drove like 13 hours from Cheyenne to Phoenix. I loaded up my shit. We all moved to Vegas. So we get to Vegas, and I'm living in a trailer it's my dad and his step and, and my dad and his girlfriend who's a a, a cocktail waitress and then her son her son and then one of his friends oh his son and then son? one and then a, who's just who was so the, literally there's like seven of us in a trailer and we're fucking we were living we were sleeping like this on the we we got like a box spring and a bed yeah but we just put them side by side so you were if you went to bed early so we were sleeping like four next to each other like mattress you pull the mattress off the box off, so yeah it was just one big thing so we're sleeping oh. like that and then uh so eventually over time my my two friends leave and it's just me and my dad and i'm about to leave i'm in love with this chick back in wyoming my girlfriend at the time and then i'm about to go home i'm working in this shitty ass casino way off the strip counting money at night like i'd go in at midnight and i'd unload the money out of a slot machine and then go in this like back room and count it and it's just a fucking miserable job 20 cameras on you yeah especially when you're broke because you're just handling this money and you're just i spent all day thinking about how am i gonna fucking rob this place i stole money from my uh i worked the inauguration ball for marion barry and uh, really yeah in dc and uh, yeah, I stole a lot of money. Well, see, I stole before before I left for Phoenix. I was running a huge ass scam out of a Dillard's. I worked in a mall. I worked at a sports fan store in the mall, and uh, I eventually got caught fucking giving away shit. But it, I, so I worked in a sports store. But then I figured out in the mall, I could just trade out everything I wanted from any other store. So what I, I called it the Mafia at the time, and I was like the kingpin. <laughs> so I could get food, movies, Foot Locker, and I would trade out jerseys or hats or whatever. I, I, at that time, I could get pretty. I could get a lot of stuff in the mall. So I got caught fucking. I got caught giving away shit, and uh, and one of the greatest moments ever. It's like I get fired. Were you good for trade. Yeah, I would just trade out, or I would give it to my friends. I didn't give a shit. So then I would. Uh, <laughs> so I get caught in like December. It's like December twenty second, and they. They catch me and they come to me and they're like, hey, man, uh, you're fired, but we can't hire someone else in time before because it's the holiday. So we need you to work until like the 27th and do the returns and everything. But you're but you'll be officially fired then. So we know what you did. You got to leave. But we need you to work another week. Well, that's so the wrong my, thing to say. Yeah, somebody. of course. So, so in my head, I'm like, oh, of course, of course. And I'm like, you think spree. I was robbing you before? So it was crazy. Hey, you were robbing when you were trying to keep a job. <laughs> yeah. Now there's no so, incentive. But it was harder than it than it seemed because then so kids would come in 
And I'd be like, yo, man, what do you want? And I'd just love to hook up kids. So then I'd give them a hat or something. But then they'd go find their mom, and their mom would drag them back in and be like, why does my son have this new hat? He doesn't have any money. Did he steal so, it? Yeah, did yeah. he steal it? And then I, so then, but the one good thing that happened was like, it was right before Christmas, and there was a couple like single moms that would come in and be like, you know, they're like, oh, I want to no. get something for my son. And I'd be like, trust me. And I would just fucking, like, I was Santa Claus, and I would just give him so much shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I felt so good about it. I was like, she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, no, we have gift cards and all this. And I want I, you to have a good Christmas. Yeah, and I would just fucking load up and, you know, make these ladies, like, cry out of fucking, I just, even though what I was doing was just fucking rough. But I don't And it wasn't even your stuff. You're like, Robin. I want to hook it up. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you can't hook it up. You're just stealing. <laughs> yeah, but in my head, I was hooking Robin it up. So I, I get, so I get fired from there. So I get a job in Dillard's. Well, we work in this dealers just with fucking the the worst people. Uh, like our management's the shittiest. So I work in the men's department with like six other people. Over time, I start. Is dealers still open? Nah, it's uh, occasionally around the country, but it's a massive chain for a while. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, I I eventually convinced the six people in the back to to uh, let's just start giving away shit. You know, like, I'll take care of your people, you take care of mine. And at the time, like I said, all my friends are black, so they have no money. Yeah. And it's like Tommy Hilfiger and Nautica time. So it's like, and I'm just hooking it up. And I start wearing polo, just like high, the most high-end fucking, I have like a $100,000 wardrobe. <laughs> so we're giving away, because they don't have- $7 in the bank. They, yeah. Living large. They have no security. All they have is one on-duty cop that polices the stroll, or the like a shine police department. Like he walks around the store. But- but we figured out well we didn't figure it out once he does a round he's on the other side of the mall yeah well no he'd stay in our just in our store oh. but he would just stay up front and try to fuck the cosmetic chicks <laughs> so over time we had to figure it out where so, humans are fallible yeah. they're never just gonna do their job right they're like a computer program <laughs> so now that I got Dillard's man I had the whole mafia I had every I could get anything in the mall except for puppies and uh, jewelry <laughs> but anything else I had hooked up <laughs> so I'm running this huge ass scam right and uh and I'm fucking just giving away everything I possibly can. I tell my friends come in. So eventually they bring they so this dude flies in from I didn't know at the time, but there's this guy just patrolling the men's apartment one day all day, and I was trying to actually get this leather coat. I was having I would have my ex girlfriend come in and grab shit for me, but then I just felt like something bad was happening. And then you could tell, right? Yeah, yeah. you could always tell like something's it's up. So here. obvious, and uh, but you couldn't. You had to, you still had to try. So then no, I didn't try it. Oh. So then all of a sudden they called me. They're like, Brent Tober, please come to the office over the loudspeaker. And I'm like, I was in that moment of like, shit, here it is. I should just walk out these front doors. Just but never then, come back. But then I had been doing it so good that I, in some like weird way, I, I was like, fuck, they can't stop me because I had gained so much confidence. Cause I was really running this and everyone looked at me like I was, and I'm like 20 years old. So I, I was like, fuck this place. So, uh, were you making money off it? No. Just trade. Just trade. But I never had to pay for anything. Right, so right, food, right. you don't you need know, money if you don't pay for anything. Of course, in hindsight, if I was like, oh, food, you I, got mall food too. I got anything I want in the mall. Shoes, my, you know, Jim I Painter got, used to have this job of handing out, um, this little one one stick of gums individually uh-huh. wrapped sticks of gum like tr- try some new gum you know and he's supposed to just go to the thirsty promenade and hand them out all day and he would just take the entire giant bag like a trash bag and go to a movie theater and was like trade for two tickets and two pepsis <laughs> and they would do and it like, yeah, right. they didn't matter they, they weren't it wasn't a sold out movie yeah, yeah, it was fucking yeah. daytime they're like yeah go in yeah so I was traded I mean I had everything you could want and then wow. so they call me in and I, and I go in this room and uh, when I get in there's a table and across so I sit on one side of the table across from me is the the head of the store, the men's <laughs> department, the guy that's been walking around the men's department all day that I didn't know who he was, and the police officer. So they sit down and they give me that old bullshit thing. Uh, we know what you're doing if you just tell us 
we'll take it easy on you. And I was like, like I said, my dad's a shitty person. You just tell us. Yeah. But the one thing he ever told me, the one thing I did learn from my dad is never fucking tell nobody anything. So I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about. He taught about. you that? Yeah, yeah. He, he taught me. Here's, a, here's the other thing he taught me, which is so fucking absurd. And he taught me this at like 14. Uh, <laughs> he's like, when you take a shower, when you get in a shower, leave it on cold for the first like 20 seconds and when you get in just let that cold water hit you and then you shadow box for like 20 seconds because the feeling of that cold water is the same feeling of someone stabbing you so it'll like train you if someone stabs you what? to fight through it <laughs> this is what my dad told Jesus. me at like 14 years old that's which, not really an issue in my school yeah of course i live in cheyenne wyoming i've never been in a fight in my life that way you'll be used to it when someone stabs you yeah what? that might never happen i was like what kind of a to deal with a broken heart that's what i have to get into yeah i don't know how to shave my face dad can you just teach me that those <laughs> I think the, you use a 14 year old with a big beard yeah those are the blades i was worried about so uh, i sit down in this room and they keep just telling me uh and there's, it's just the manager dude, just that fucking scum manager dude. And he just keeps telling me the same shit. We know what you did. If you don't tell us, it's going to be worse. If you tell us, like some principal shit. That's so funny because it's like, what is me telling you? Like, you're not looking for a dead body that yeah. I can lead you to. Like, what do you mean tell you? So I knew that they. You know. I knew they had. They didn't really have much. So then he eventually he goes. So he's getting mad, like pounding on the table and shit. And then at one point he goes, "Well, we saw your girlfriend come in here and take a bag out, a bag of clothes out, and uh." And I was like, no, she didn't. And they're like, well, yes, she did. And I go, okay, well, if she did, why didn't you arrest her then? Yeah. You know, and they were like, I was like, you should have arrested her then. And they were like, so then he, uh, so then he gave up on that. So then when you worked at Dillard's, you were supposed to write a, you're supposed to write a letter to your big, big customers, which is like the dumbest fucking thing. So like, if you came in and bought shit, I would write like a, Hey, thank you, Ari, for coming in and buying all this stuff. We'll keep you informed on the things. But I didn't want to do that shit. My buddy at the time was in the Navy. So I was writing what I thought were letters to go to him, just talking about, because I just started getting pussy and shit, these just 19-year-old letters about graphic shit. No way. So they were stealing these letters and not giving them to him. So at the, Who was stealing the letters? The management of the Dillards. Not giving it to... Not mailing them out. Oh. So they... So at the end... <laughs> you were doing that? I thought you said you accidentally sent them to the customers. No, no, no. Yeah. So, but then at the bottom of one of these letters I wrote... Uh, there was the Dillard's imprinted on the paper, you know? So I am just wrote, I'm robbing them. And then the Dillard's was there, blind. They'll never fucking stop me. That's what I wrote on one of the letters. So he pulls out this letter, and he's like, what's this mean? And I'm like, oh, shit. And I was like, I wasn't talking about this. I was talking about when I was at Sports Fan. And he's like, it sure looks like you're talking about here. And I was like, no, I wasn't. So then we get into this thing, and now he's just getting more mad and mad. And he's like... Uh, just fucking tell me what you did if not and, and just like kind of yelling at me and I'm, I'm I'm in there I've been in there about maybe an hour so just in my you? yeah in my head I go I just got to make a stand and I just fucking stand up and I go arrest me or fire me that I'm done arrest me or fire me I'm, I'm done talking to you and he looked at the cop and he didn't know what to do and he goes we'll be right back and they go outside in the hallway and I'm just sitting there like I, I was like I'm gonna probably be in trouble I thought I was gonna go and go to jail and then uh, he came back in and he was just furious and he was like uh, the cop told me he had nothing he couldn't do anything and he goes you're arrested uh, or you're fired for uh, you know you're, I had to sign these things I'd never go to another Dillard's you're uh, I got a <laughs> as if your signature means shit yeah, to you yeah which I wasn't I've just been it. robbing you blind yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna worry about so I got a I got fired for mail fraud for sending out personal letters on uh, company stationery so then they they Mail they fraud. they've they paraded me through the Dillards and then uh, I was friends with the cop because I played in this basketball league and then we were walking to the car and he's like, "Hey man, 
did you did you do this shit? And I was like, no, I swear to God, no. And then I got in my car, and I was like, I know, I just sat in my car, it was moving like, over all your stuff from Dylan. <laughs> <front seat. laughs> just thinking, how did I fucking dodge this bullet? Because it would have been that is the they, thing. Never you know admit what they it. said? Never admit it. When I was in there, they were like, the men's department is one point two five million short on inventory, and it's fucking. And so someone probably lost their job for real because we were giving away everything. I mean, I was taking those polo shirts like $80. Million. And we had like six people and we were just unloading everything. So maybe that was a number he's bluffing or not, but we, we I, that's I had such st- a high number. He I could have said like 75000 You would have been like, wow, that's a lot. But I knew not. I was going to say I had probably a $75,000 wardrobe. I had stole every polo thing ever to the point where I had like five polo belts. Anything polo you like? Anything I polo I had. My closet was in, I mean, I had every color polo how'd you shirt. Take it, how'd you get through the doors? There was no security. Just bag it up. So, like, if you came in, I would say... So, let's say you worked at, like, Foot Locker. Now, yeah. you gave me a t-shirt. I'd say... You know, you'd have to give me more than that. But you give me a couple things. I'd say, go. Come to the men's apartment. Go in the dressing room. There'll be a bag in the dressing room. You fill it up. When it's full, you tell me and I'll walk you out. But if you gave me, like, two pairs of Air Maxes or something... If I would do it on bag. What you gave me was the bag I'd leave in there. Right. So if you hooked me up, I'd be like, there's three. Ba-. And, you know, if it was my friend, I'd just give him a bunch of whatever. Would they say, say, tell you their size? And then you would. No, I'd say, just take it into the fitting room, get what you want, load up your bag. When you uh, tell me, because the bag was right by the door. So, so you would leave a couple bags in there. Yeah. Not- <laughs> so then, and then when you, when you were ready, then you tell me and I'll tell you when you could walk out. Because then I would be at that corner. Then I could look in either direction. And just make sure like that cop wasn't there. make a you know make a hand sign to whoever's watching the cop. So then, so then like there was one Mexican family oh, that really? I worked with, and then I would do the same thing. So then their family would come in and they would take over the dressing room. So that's why it got to so much money because we were just robbing them <laughs> fucking blind. <laughs> over a million. How long so, did it go on? Shit, it probably went on for like eight months. I mean, we destroyed because you know they do inventory once a year, and uh, and you that start right after they do inventory. Yeah, and we just fucking. I mean, we couldn't, I couldn't give away enough shit. I'm telling you, I had, we had watches, we had fucking. Do you have any of these in the back? No, we're out of stuff yeah. in the back. <laughs> we got nothing left in the Because they back. weren't selling shit anyway. Dillard's is kind of high end and where I'm from, there's not like, no one's buying like an $85 Ralph Lauren Belt. shirt when you could yeah. go to Target and buy the same shirt for $12 $20. and Target's right across the street. So. Really? It was, uh, <laughs> so anyway, so I, back where I was, I moved to Vegas. I'm living shitty with my dad. Yeah, I'm over here. I'm getting summer. I'm a. Uh, I'm about to, uh, yeah. I'm about to move home because I got this girl, and I've been <sighs> playing basketball at this gym with uh, with these rich dudes. I, I didn't have any money, but I just wanted to play basketball, so I signed up for a gym that was a hundred dollars a month, and I just put and it on a credit afford? card. No, absolutely not. Did you pay the credit cards back? No, of course oh, not. Jesus. But uh, yeah. well, at the time, I did. I didn't know what I was going to do. So then this guy was like, "Yo," I started making friends with this guy, and he's like, "I'm a professional gambler." And I was like, holy shit, that's the best job. You in know? Vegas? Yeah, yeah. So he, I became friendly with him. And then one day I go, hey, man, tell me, tell me what to bet. And he, go, he gave me like five games. He goes, don't tell anybody else. Don't, don't say shit. And I was like, all right. Because everyone that played at basketball at the gym at that time were gamblers. And gambler's very secret. It's like a stock market. If you have something good, you don't tell everybody. Ruin the- yeah, so he, t- he gives me these five games. And I'm like, and I had saved up maybe like $1,000 to fly back home to be with my girlfriend. But he tells me he's got these five games, and I'm like, holy what shit. What do you mean five games? He gives me five games to bet. Five, he's oh, like, basketball bet, games bet these games. They're okay. college football games. He goes, bet these five games. 
don't tell anyone I told you. So I, of course, run home, tell my fucking dumbass dad. Me and my dad get every dollar we have in life. He gets money from his girlfriend. We think, I'm like, this is a professional gamble. He said, don't tell anyone. I was like, these are fucking, we thought they were like fixed games. We couldn't lose. Yeah. Needless to say, we, we bet all our money. Every fucking game loses the oh, whole fucking no. thing. So I can't move home to Wyoming. And I have to go back to work at this Klondike casino. You I, realize you're like, oh, he's a professional gambler. But then you realize now you're like, I know a lot of professional comedians who suck, <laughs> yeah. who are awful. I mean, he was a good gambler. So, but no, I knew this guy was like, because I knew he was rich and everything, but he, it was just a bad luck. And then, so uh, I go back to the gym like two weeks later and he's like, yo, did you bet him? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry, man. Because he just knew. He, he knew that. He later told me, he goes, I rooted for those games harder because I knew your dumbass bet every dollar you had in life. And uh. I was like, so he goes, you know what? You want a job? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to move home. He goes, just come to lunch with me. So I go to lunch and then he, uh, he explains the job and I'm like, holy shit. What is it? So I would just, so I was a runner on the strip just betting sports. So I literally, that day I went, I got in a car with this dude who would be like my mentor who would teach me. I, we got in a car, got in a BMW. I've never been in a BMW in my life. I'm like a kid from Wyoming. I'm like, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> I've seen one of these. We fucking drive right down the strip. He hands me, uh, I go in and I bet $20,000. He hands me $20,000 cash and I go into Bally's and I bet $20,000 on a football game. It's a bet. Oh, and right. I'm like, holy Wait, shit. Wait, you mean you have to take somebody's bet from a hotel room and go place it at a casino? No, so what, so what it is is they work out of an office and they bet online in Costa Rica and then I, I would have like, three hundred thousand dollars and i'd be on the strip with a an with old, that cash yeah with a nextel and then they would beat me they would say uh steelers minus two and then i would run up and down the strip and try to bet steelers minus two wherever i could so, so i literally had to see which casinos would give you that yeah. line and then so then i would yeah so they would just because somebody wanted to put money on so yeah. explain it to me I don't so then like then there was other teams of runners so like the numbers are super important so like Let's say the Steelers are minus three, and that's like a key number of games end on three a lot. So if the, if it's like three, then I want to bet it before you do because once I bet it, then it goes to three and a half. Or if I bet like let's say a game's like minus fifteen and I bet thirty thousand on it, yeah. now it's like minus seventeen. Oh right. So there's it like it's it. all a numbers thing. So but you got to try to beat the other guy. So I literally would just run up and down the strip, and they would have you would a, change the line with your yeah, bets. Yeah, I would bet whatever you would take and. That was the fun part because at the time I'm like 22 or 23, so I'd walk into casino. There was a limit to how much how much they take. Yeah, so then the casino would be like, "How much?" I'd go, "Hey, what's your limit?" And they would just talk down to me like I'm a fucking piece of shit. They're like, "I don't know, kid." Well, Above five dollars. What, what do you want, man? What do you want? And I was like, "I don't know. What's your limit?" And they go, "I don't. I don't know, man. What do you want?" And I go, "I'll, I'll take a hundred thousand. How about that? Let's start with that." <laughs> and they'd be like, "Uh, uh oh. oh, okay. Uh, oh. sorry. Uh, yeah. You know what? We can give you like we can give you ten thousand. I was like, "Oh, what happened to this what big guy?" To big, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I would love to do that. And so uh, I would just uh, <laughs> yeah. literally, I would we would we'd That's play basketball more. in the day, and then we would uh, we would go. Uh, I would work from like three to seven, betting all, all night. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it was a dream job because so then I literally went three p.m. From, to seven p.m. Yeah, and then Saturday, Sunday, all day long. So then, uh, how I, did you get the the hundred thousand dollar? They the, the bookies would give it to you. Yeah, yeah I was assuming just go, they would get action. Yeah, yeah. No, I would bet it. So it, in the beginning, I would uh, I had that money with me twenty four seven. I didn't. So I would. I literally would. When I first got it, the, I remember my first day of work. I would. I went home and I had maybe like one hundred twenty thousand in cash, and I went to that trailer where my dad lived. And I, you know, like when you do when you go uh, trick or treating, and you come home and you put all your candy out and you put it in order and shit. I did that with money, put it in stacks in front of, of your fucking degenerate and, father. Yeah, and my, well, of course, and uh, that's almost entrapment. Yeah, he has no choice. What did he do? So then, uh, so I'm working for a while, 
I mean, I have this dream job. Everything's good. I'm making a ton of money. And then, uh, so my little brother lives in Portland and, uh, I, I convinced my little brother, my little brother's like a little stoner dude. Like he dropped out of high school, follow the grateful dead and just was fucking just loves like love drugs and just lives his own cool life. Just lived in Portland at a, worked at a subway and just was just chill. And so I convinced my little brother, I'm like, come, uh, you know, I'm doing good in Vegas. Things are good with dad. Move down here. We'll have like a little, you know, family thing. So I rent this house and, uh, it's me and my dad and my brother and everything's going good. And my dad, see my dad's on parole. So he has to be good. Wait. Okay. So well, everything's good. I'm, I, you know, and my dad just kind of doing his thing. My brother's working in, uh, this stuffed animal shop in Caesar's palace and you know, everything's fine. And then, uh, then one day, then my dad gets <laughs> off parole and it starts to head down hill and uh, my dad starts hanging out with like little 20 year old like white gangster dudes start showing up at the house and shit and we're like what the fuck is going on and then uh so it all comes to a head one one day i, I work a college football saturday and uh so i come home you you know saturdays i work from like eight to eight so i work all day running up and down the strip and i come home and my little brother's at uh at work and i get home no one's at the house just me and my dad and i'm like dad i'm tired i'm taking you know i'm gonna go to sleep so I go, I go to bed and, uh, I go to my room and I take a nap. Well, then I, my brother comes home at like maybe 1130 and he wakes me up and he's like, someone stole my money. Someone stole all my money. And I was like, and I, come, I come out of a daze and I, and you know, I don't think it's my dad. I think it's one of these like little fucking scuzzes. Yeah. So I get out of bed and I run downstairs to be, like tell my dad, you know, Hey, you better fucking get Ryan's money back. And my dad's gone. I remember just running out the front door and I'm in the front yard looking for my dad's car and looking for my dad. Cause I know my brother's upset. Cause my brother had saved up like $340 to fly home to see his girlfriend graduate they college from Portland. So then I'm in the front yard and it hits me. I'm like, Oh shit. I got money in my room. I fucking run upstairs. My dad stole 80,000 from me. So my dad not only stole 80,000 from me. He went me, for another 300. Then he went and stole my brother's 340. So I see my he little. He probably stole that first. So, well, yeah, who knows? So I yeah. see my little brother crying and I'm like, fuck this, man. So. It gets worse. Our father did it. Yeah. So we know it's my dad and I see my little brother crying and I'm like, I, so then I make a plan. I'm, I'm like, that's I'm not like, your 80,000 though. No, it's my boss's, but I still got Ooh. it. It's still mine. It's like, it's like anything. It's like if you were a drug. And you get me drugs to sell. It? I'm responsible for that money. Because people always say that, well, this isn't your money. I said, let me tell you something. If I don't have this money, I'm responsible for it. So it is my money at all times. So then, That's uh, what Doc said. Doc Willis, when he sold drugs, he, was, he would have to like get $100 worth of heroin or crack and, and at like the wholesale price. And they're like, look, you just owe us $100. Yeah, yeah. We don't care if you sell this or use it. You owe yeah. us this money for this. Yeah, he didn't care. So then uh, I see my little brother crying and I was like, and I was so mad. I was like, we're going to kill my dad. So I fucking made a plan to kill my dad because I knew my mom had told me uh, that my dad was deathly allergic to penicillin. So I'm like, in hindsight, obviously, this isn't a genius plan, but I was like 23. So, uh, and my cousin's like a, uh, well, he was, he was, uh, he's like a real gangster in, in Phoenix, like a drug dealer. And, uh, what are you going to do? Put it in his drink or something? Yeah. So we, uh, we come up with a plan to, put some penicillin in the Jama juice and then my brother and cousin are going to give it to him. I, I was leaving town. I flew up to S's park with my girlfriend. I'm like, you guys take care of this shit. So we come up with a plan to put a, put a bunch of penicillin in the Jama juice, give it to my dad. And then, uh, so I fly to S's park. Those guys are ready to handle it. You know, I'm on the phone with them. They fucking, they get the Jama juice, everything, try to give it to my dad. My dad won't drink it. So they end up trapping my dad in the garage and they fucking try to kill him with some golf clubs. But uh, 
my dad, of course, can get up. My dad gets away because my dad was like in Leavenworth, so he fucking knows how to fight and shit. <laughs> they were trying to beat him to They death? were trying to kill him. What happened to the Jamba Juice? He wouldn't take it for whatever reason. They were like, I don't think he's a sucker. He just like, because we had been fighting we like the week We got this Jamba up. Juice for so, you. <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, obviously, we're fucking idiots. It's not really a first 48 episode. So <laughs> they get him trapped in the garage and they try to fucking uh, kill him with golf clubs. And then he gets out and then... Uh, I've never spoke to him since that day. I've never, really? me and my brother have never seen him. And I guess he lived in Vegas for a little bit and I know he's still alive. But, uh, after that day, I've never, has he tried to get in touch with you? No. Did I've he never. try to say anything to you after they tried to beat him up? No, I never saw him again. My family. So then I never talked to anyone on that side of my family. And then my family reached out to me in like the past year. And I had like a dinner with my uncle and then, because my dad's just like a con artist, so he he's fucked over everybody. Yeah, probably. and he fucked over, and he but he'd convinced like my grandparents that I just lost it, and you know my it's like their favorite son, so they were like, I am irresponsible, but I don't just lose fucking eighty thousand. So so what did you um how'd you deal with the eighty thousand? So then I had to go talk to my boss and explain it to my boss, and then he uh, luckily my boss was the coolest dude in the world, and then he kind of took me in. My brother then moved back. Uh, my brother moved to Phoenix. And then my boss kind of took me in as like one of his sons, and then uh, I, n- I never had to pay the pay him back because he knew I didn't do it. I-, I think part of it was my boss was my dad was getting a little jealous of my relationship with my boss because my boss was like the coolest fucking dude in the world, and he lived in this mansion just multi multi-millionaire. He was like a father figure for you, yeah. So then he took me in as like because he had three sons, so he took me in like a best friend dad, and then uh, so then I you know I lived with him for a little bit, and then we used to have a. Uh, we would work out of a gambling house, which was another fucking cool story when someone talked shit to me. Uh, so we would rent a house that these guys would come. They'd just be full of computers and TVs, and they'd come there and work, and then, like, fuck their mistresses there and shit, because my, both my bosses were married. They'd just have a bed somewhere in the bed? Yeah, just a, a whole room just for, you know. And then I got the master bedroom, so I got to live out of it. And then, uh, so they were like, hey, go get a house. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Go so get a house just for that. For that. So then I would go to, like, uh, <laughs> I went to a... Uh, you know, like a real estate place. Like, I, hey, I want to rent this house. And they're like, well, you got to fill out this paperwork. I'm like, fuck. So I fill out the paperwork and they're like, we're sorry, Mr. Tolbert, we can't, you know, because I already have shitty credit at like 23. They're like, we can't rent can't this sell house. sell you a house. We you have shitty credit, you're 23. Yeah. We you can't no rent job. this house to you. And then, so I told my boss, I, he goes, you tell him this. So then I, I call him <laughs> up and I was like, well, they're like, what's rent? I was like, rent's what, 3000 a month with like a 3000 deposit? They're like, yeah. I was like, how about this? So I'll just bring you 39000 tomorrow. We'll pay our rent up front for, for year. a year with deposit and everything. Yeah, did that put them at ease? They're like, Mr. Tolbert, you qualify for a house. <laughs> I tried that with uh, with my place in New York. I was like, how really? about I just give you like six months? How about like, They wouldn't let the you hell? do it? No. I'll see these guys. trying to raise my rent. I'm like, do you think I'm not good for it? I'll just give it to you. Yeah, yeah. No, it worked for us. So it was great for me. So, though, so then I have this job. I'm making a ton of money and all my expenses are paid for because I could write off my phone bill because it's work. I could, uh, yeah. I, we would put groceries right for off. the house. Oh, so it's legal what you're doing. Yeah. Well, yeah, because a lot of people thought it, at the it's like kind of frowned upon as far as you're not supposed to communicate. Back then, you weren't supposed to communicate in the sports book, but it didn't matter. No, but I mean, okay, that's illegal. But I'm saying your job, you, you yeah. had like W two no, no, and stuff. No, like, no, no, nothing, God, no, no. I never taxed. paid taxes. I should never. Okay. I never. It's a cash business. Everything straight cash. Right. If you looked me up for those twelve years, I'm I'm like a homeless guy. So what do you mean tax deductible? You didn't no, mean- no, not tax deductible. Uh, it would just work expense. Yeah. So they would let me charge they, my phone. Uh, so then I would buy groceries for the house, and I would. So your you're just dealing with millionaires in cash. So then they would go, "What are expenses this month?" And I would be like, "So we had cable, you know, all that just went to them." So it was I was just making. Wow, living money. For free again. 
Yeah. And so, then your cash was just your cash. Just straight cash. Wow. It's like being stationed on a boat or something. Yeah. So I was making, and I was making a ton of money. So, and plus Vegas mentality, when you're out in Vegas, whoever's the richest person in the group just picks up everything. So like when I'm with my boss, I would pay for everything. But then when like my Wyoming friends would come out or the comic friends, I would go out to dinner. I'd always pay for everything. So it was a cool. So you could live large. Oh, I was living so large. So everything was great. And then, uh, but then everything started to fall apart. I, yeah, I started dating this Mormon girl and fucking Ew. got trapped into that. And then uh, I just fell in love with this girl. And then this is in Vegas. Yeah. And then uh, she was trying to convert me. And then so I wasted like a, so then everything kind of she fell apart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then uh, so then I then it all went to shit. And my my boss kind of the job kind of ended. And then uh, I got whoa, it. Whoa, what does that mean? He well, he started. He he had a piece of full tilt. He was also he got rich by being uh, a poker player. So they didn't really need to do the street shit anymore. So I, then I started working for this other dude, but I was living in the shitty apartment with these two dudes that got fucking hooked on oxycotton. And then, uh, and then one day I got robbed at shotgun. This dude just fucking came in with a shotgun, fucking like middle of the afternoon, like a Tuesday at like two in the two o'clock in the afternoon. I get, there's a knock on the door. I'm like, come in, not even thinking. And this little Mexican dude comes in with a shotgun in a case. But it was, but Wait, I didn't. So, so where is this? Just right into my apartment. So he was like, hey, man, is Brandon here? I was like, yeah, he's in the back room. And I didn't think anything of it because he was like, I just didn't, I wasn't thinking I was going to get robbed on a Tuesday at 2 in the afternoon. So he comes in with a shotgun in a case. And I was in like, a case? Yeah. So I'm like, uh, he's in the back room. And I was about to leave anyway. And then this dude just comes out like 20 seconds later because the dude didn't shut the front door. So I was going to go, I had to leave anyway. So I was going to go shut the front door and leave. But before I could leave, he comes out with the shotgun fucking comes over, puts it right in my face. He's like, give me all your money. And I'm like, I don't have any money. Just set it out of habit. Not even thinking. Yeah. And he's like, all right. And he turns around. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> That's all I had to <laughs> do. It? Yeah. But then he went like Bronx, Bronx tail style, went over, shut the door and then locked it and turned back around and said, give me all your money. I was like, yeah, you got it. You got it. So then I fucking, uh, <laughs> I give him all my money, and then he stands me up and puts a gun in my back and walks me into the to this bedroom. And uh, the dude that set me up was in there, kind of like fake crying, like he got robbed. And then uh, he set it up. Yeah, he set the whole thing because, up. Because yeah, he had to put his shotgun together in the fucking room. Yeah, and then the dude uh, just told me sit in the corner. Uh, if you call the cops or anything, I'll come back and fucking kill you. And then he left. And then uh, now, I, did you? I call. I my, see that in movies, and people are like, okay, like, did you really think like he would? And not call the cops? I didn't know what to do, so I sat there. He's like, sit here for 10 minutes. And I could see him drive off. And the second he drove off, I, I ran out, and I got in my car. I called my boss. And I was like, what do, what do I do? And he's like, you got to call the cops. So then I fucking I called the cops, and then uh, they came, and then they eventually caught him. And oh, then really? This, and then this kid's family called me up, and they're like, hey, uh, we'll give you $500 if you don't like testify. You know, <laughs> our son has a baby on the way and all this shit. I'm like, he, 500. Fuck, no, I'm not. So Did I you had get your money back though. Yeah. But over a long time, but I had to go to court and do the whole thing and fucking go on trial. $500. And, it's like, he didn't yeah. slip and rob me. Yeah. He, he could have fucking. He, he, he robbed, like, he's supposed to go to jail for this. Yeah. But then he didn't even have to go to jail. He got like fucking probation. Really? So when the DA, Robbery, gunpoint? And Man, kidnapping because he moved me from room to room. And then I'll never oh, yeah, forget. So Diaz got the DA called me and they were like, uh, you can come pick up your money. I was like, well, what happened? 
what happened to that dude? And they're like, well, he's on probation or whatever. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I said, why? He said he's going to kill me. And so I start arguing with the DA. And then I'm, I'm just like cussing at her like, why the fuck do I do anything? I'm way smarter than this guy. I can be a fucking criminal. I'll just rob everyone if there's no, to the point where the <sighs> lady's just like, I'm sorry, sir. And then just hung up on me because I was just screaming at her like, what the fuck do you mean he didn't, you know? Because I still was on the impression he, could, he still could have came and killed me. Yeah. So it was fucking. He got off of probation. It was the worst. How much did he steal from you? Uh, I had like 8,000. Wow. Robbery at gunpoint. Probation. Yeah. It was sickening. And now he's got that. a kid in the way. Well, he should, well then why is he robbing? <laughs> yeah. Get that, get that kid up for adoption because that's his only chance. And when I had, to, I had to go to trial, and at that point, it was just a shitty point in my life. And I, so I remember just going to trial by myself and just sitting there in the courtroom with his whole family, just like mean mugging me while I'm telling this story. And I'm just <laughs> like, like, I didn't do anything. I was just yeah, sitting no there. Shit. I was minding my own business. It's so funny how they want to. You want to blame everyone else. Yeah, you never so, want to be like, yeah, man. Our son was the one who was an asshole. We should say I'm sorry to this guy. I should have left Vegas right then, but fucking. How long did you stay for after that? Well, then I got a job. So were you doing comedy yet? Uh, I just started doing comedy. Okay. So I was doing comedy a little bit, and then uh, just doing open mics. It was a dead scene. I would only do like uh, there was Vegas just, comedy sucks. A Sunday night show was the only open mic, and this dude Shuley. You know Shuli, who's on like Howard Stern now? I think I met him. Yeah, I bet you did. But he, uh, so he ran it. So I would do Sunday nights and then, uh, so then I got a job back again. Then I started working for these other young dudes that were really smart, but they didn't really know what they were doing. So I was making so much money. Doing comedy? No, no, betting. But that's when I started doing the backyard shows because I was making so, I was making like $5,000 a day. And I had kind of, and I had got like a, a manager. But then they would call me up and they're like, we, can't, we got you featuring in like Wisconsin for like $400. Like, I can't fucking, I'm not taking <laughs> any of these $4, gigs. $4,600 for that. So that's when I started doing the backyard shows at my house. And then, uh, so at the time I would just build, I built a dope stage and I had a great I backyard for you with the backyard shows. And then, uh, so the first show was like Tick the MySpace days? Yeah. Tick well, the Stanhope, Stanhope posted a, a blog that just said, uh, hey, if you want to be a comedian, you got to just go do it yourself. You can't wait for these bookers and shit. So I immediately sent him a message back that said, okay, I'm going to do it. Will you come do a show in my backyard? And he's like, yeah, I'm in. So that kind of gave me validation. So then like the first show was Tig Notaro and uh, Martha Kelly, Steve Agee. Second was Brody and Morgan Kelly. Murphy. Third was uh, Neil Hamburger. Fourth was Doug Benson. And what do they get from your balcony? I had a huge balcony that would hold like 70 and then my backyard. The final show, Stan Hope, was sold out. 270 people in my backyard standing up <clears throat> no i would rent seats how I, high up was he uh not that high at all it was a little little stage but then there was so there was all seats and then there was a balcony but it was and, and he so, was on the balcony no no he was on the bottom and there was the balcony oh, was like VIP. like hitler like coming out and like no. you know to a, to a people like but that's so funny you said that the first thing he did my backyard show he came on stage and just started yelling hi hitler is <laughs> like this should upset that because i was renting the place i got i got evicted after that show you can't run a business out of here that's yeah. not a rule yeah you can't just make up that rule so now. i would uh i was making so much money i didn't care so i would rent like porta potties rent chairs i built a stage and then i would give the artist the whole door i would just say if you come what you sold liquor i no, it was just bring your own beer i just was making so much money i just picked guys i wanted to work with oh. and just made it intriguing for them yeah i wanted to do it rogan always talked about it i was like yeah because yeah, then that like time show we're there when stand-up was doing it they were like someone called me and they're like uh i know it's sold out do you care if rogan and ari come i was like of course not and then same with russell peters they're like hey russell wants to know if he can come i'm like it's f- of course man any <laughs> comic can come so the backyard shows are fucking great and then but then i got kicked out uh so I gave like a bunch of my neighbors, I gave like 10 neighbors $50 gift cards, 
but I didn't realize how big Stanhope's draw was that fucking because we were in a cul-de-sac so like 270 people the cars were like for miles so then the police came and yeah so then I got we immediately got kicked out like uh, a month later during the show yeah but they were cool but it was great because people, everyone would come to my house and uh, bring gifts and everyone, it was just a big party and people just got fucking <laughs> wasted. They bring gifts? Yeah, they brought me all kinds of cool shit. They brought, what is that, what is that called when they used to like, give kick, gifts to the king? It's called like paying homage or something? Yeah, yeah that's what it was like, man. They, yeah. they brought me just weird, and you know how fans are, they bring me weird shit and uh. I, put, I got a, I got a, I got a uh, P.O. box, oh she's pretty, in, um, in uh, New York and I would be like, hey guys. You want to, Duncan told me this to do. I was like, okay. I was like, if you want to send me anything, go ahead. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is. And I got like an enema. I got like <laughs> all these like weird things. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I see. That's another thing I learned from stand up. And he fucking, he gets all kinds of shit. Really? So these people, it was cool. And people like you let people in your house. It's like they couldn't have been nicer, man. We you had, didn't get stuff robbed. No, everyone was great, man. Everyone. uh I know. I've never been more respectful. And like I said, people would bring. I would buy kegs. I got porta potties. You I got paid for chairs. How much is a porta potty? I think I rent it for like two hundred dollars a day. Wow. But I, like I said, I was making like five thousand dollars a day, so I didn't care. It was all fucking. Oh yeah, all bonus. It was all because I was robbing the guys I was working for. They didn't know how how I was doing it. Wait, uh, the new job and the new yeah, betting the job. New job. So I started working for how? these young. How'd dudes. you do? What'd you do? It was your scam. So they didn't know how to. Uh, they didn't know what they were doing. So they would. Unless you get a very specific uh, checks and balances, people will rob you. Of course, that's what I told you. You got to treat your employees good because, and these guys weren't that bad to me, but they spent all day trying to beat the casino and I spent all day trying to figure out how to beat, beat them, them. You know what I mean? So how'd you do it? So what'd you do? So they, well, they didn't know what they were, they were the easiest cause they didn't know what they were doing. So they would send me out to bet. So like when you bet, like if you were my boss, you would say, go bet these games and then I'd bet them and then I'd call you and say, I had them. So I'd say, I bet the Steelers for 10,000. I bet the Broncos for 20,000. I bet this for 4,000. You'd write them all down. These guys, they didn't know what they were doing, so they would go, just go bet, and I would go bet all this money. I didn't have to call the games in, and these guys would like... Uh, they were they, like, ah, oh, just give us. They were like fat, like nerd dudes, and they they, they were really cool dudes. I, sh- I don't want to... But they just loved to go eat nice dinners and shit, so I, they were so you, yeah. they were based out of a house way out off the strip, so I'd have to come back from the strip, which is about a 45-minute drive, so sometimes when they were hungry and shit, they'd just be like, hey, man, don't worry about it. Just bring the tickets tomorrow. So they didn't. they had no idea what I bet. And so you just gave him some of the winning tickets. <laughs> so if I bet five winning tickets, I would give him back four and keep one. Wow. So I was making so much money. I and you were just pretending like you never made that bet. No. And that was and a, so somebody wasn't collecting, coming to collect, or somebody was collecting from them, but you just wouldn't have to give it to them. They would. Yeah, I would just bring it to them the next day. So they didn't. And that's the one thing that I always learned from my other boss. He's like, wait, what happens when people come in to collect? What do you mean? So like you, you go lay down Steelers minus two. Somebody's, that's for a person, isn't it? Yeah, but they don't know how many times I bet it. So I would literally cash the bet. But it's for some. Like, isn't a yeah. person calling them saying, I want this? No, no, it's them. They're, it's they're, they're the, the originators bet. of it. So uh, then I would uh, bet. Okay. So let's say I bet Sears minus two for 5000 each time. For them. And I, bought f- and I got five of them. I would just I would just go back down at, in the middle of the night, cash out a ticket, put the 5000 back in, take the 5000 I won. Like, that bet never, never happened. Wow. So the thing that I learned from fucking, the two things I learned at Dillard's was greed is what will always bust you. Because I could have taken, you know, I would just keep it simple at $5,000 a day, which of course is a lot. I had access to all the games. I could have, you know. Given them nothing. Yeah, I could have said, you know, I only bet it once and keep four. At the end, when Renazisi was working the cover booth, by the end, before he got like, officially like, said, we don't need you in the booth anymore because they knew. <laughs> they were like, wait, we had 100 people in here and two paid tickets? Yeah. Like, yeah, man, a lot of comps from uh, Hollywood Boulevard or something. <laughs> what? So we, uh, yeah, so I got then, too greedy. 
Yeah, you can never get greed. And then the other thing, I always, I just always played dumb. Like they act like a moron. Let us let a sleeping dog lie, and, uh-huh. and, and they just they never expected anything out of me. So I always just I'm just stupid. So like in the old days, I would be like if they gave me a bunch of money, I would always keep like five thousand in my pocket, and then at the end, if when they, they you'd have to count out. You'd have to bring back the money, and they'd count out to make sure it's right. Yeah. So if it was, like, busy and, like, games were starting at, like, 7, I would give them, but I'd keep, like, 5000 in the front cargo. For what? And then they would be like, oh, wait, you're $5,000 short. I'd be like, oh, fuck it. Um, and they'd be like, you're such an idiot. And I'd be like, I'm such a fucking idiot. idiot yeah. But it, then during... Works with cops, too. Yeah. But, oh, what was the speed limit? Oh, I thought it was 90. But then when they're busy and they don't have time to check it all out, then I'd get home, and then I'd fucking... I'd wait two days and be like, just in case, they'd be like, hey, wait, were we all right? And I'd be like, oh, should I have it? I'll bring it back. But then after yeah, two days, I'd be jeans. like. Oh. So man, I'm just stacking. So eventually, I got like eighty thousand cash under my bed, just fucking. And I started. That's dating. where you keep it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I got, and then this my ex. So I started dating this new girl. My ex came in, stole everything from my house, but luckily didn't find the money. The Mormons? No, no. I was dating a young, crazy chick when I was like 28. I dated an 18 year old. Hey, Seven dog. <laughs> it's slobber dogs. <laughs> Jesus, those bulldogs—they sound like they're struggling for bread. <laughs> yeah. Like they're made in a lab. Yeah, we're we're recording at Running Canyon and looking at hot chicks, and occasionally a dog comes over and joins the interview. Yeah, not how many hot chicks today? No, surprisingly, is this because it's the easy way? Yeah. So there's all the people who just These are little chunky ones. Okay, before spring starts, I want to I want to try to get in down to a sideline. <laughs> so yeah man I was just making so much money that I didn't give a shit wow and did they ever find out yeah so then they set me up one day they s- oh yeah so and then they set to me prove up prove it yeah and then uh, so then they set me up and, and they kind of caught me but it, it's like a long story but there was a little loophole out of it so then I had to stand with, <laughs> and stand in front of everybody hold on did you before you say that did you end up just getting a mentality of like it's just scamming is the way to go you're just supposed to do yeah of it, course like, this is like Robin money. Hood yeah well the, you know what in hindsight no, Robin Hood he didn't give it to himself well I would give it to poor comics and everything I'd pay for all the poor people in my life but these yeah. guys were like you know, I was probably just jealous because they were—they're millionaires. They're, these guys are all millionaires. So you start thinking like they don't miss five they grand. Don't, they don't. It was nothing to them. And I'm out here risking my life, man. I'm getting robbed. I'm fucking on yeah, Fremont that's Street. Thing. Do you ever get robbed on the strip? No. They, See, the strip started. was pretty safe, but yeah. it could have happened. So uh, strip late at night scares me. Yeah, and I was leaving like when we was through the Riviera. I mean, Capulolo and Manizzi, and then I have to. What, what was the good? Mandalay? Is that like yeah. the underwater one? Yeah. Yeah, we'd have to walk from there at like four or five a.m. Yeah, it's like, it's, no, it's uh, the, the town's just full of shitty people. Full of shitty people, Vegas. Yeah, so so they set me up one day, and then uh, so then it came down to it. So then I'm standing, and because I, I would work for like six people, and they're shaped in like a circle, and I'm standing like almost like in a courtroom, and I'm telling them what happened, trying to give my speech, and I'm crying because I know this is like my life if uh, if something happens. So they go, they're like, okay, you uh, you know what? We're going to talk about this tonight. We'll tell you tomorrow. Either you're fired or you'll go back to work. But you come in the morning at 8 in the morning. And if you're working, you'll go right out to work. If you're not, we'll give you all the tickets and you cash them out. Because they were trying to prove what you had done? Well, because they, they say- caught me. I, I, had, I was robbing them. They, they started to figure out their bankroll was coming up short. And it was me taking three or $4,000 whenever I got a chance. Yeah. So then, uh, you know, which is nothing to them. But then in hindsight, over time... At eight thousand, no, like, there's a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So then they, uh, so they tell me that they're like, "We'll know in the morning. You're either fired or you're." Because uh, he said we're looking up the stats. <clears throat> yeah, and they figured out. They caught me red-handed, kind of. But there was like a loophole. I did the thing where I was saying I had extra money in my pocket, and then I gave it to him. But it wasn't quite the figure that they thought it should be. So in some weird way, it, it, I was like, 
something happened the heart it's like a super long story that won't make sense but there was enough of a loophole where there was a reasonable doubt like that, a lawyer right? wasn't stealing yeah so i felt like three of them were with me and three of them thought i was stealing so they go we'll tell you in the morning either you will work or you're fired so then i was like were you like oh come on man don't fire yeah me. of course i cried i pulled out all the stops i didn't want to get because fired. you were like well as long as you don't put me in jail I'm yeah, yeah yeah fire is nothing so oh also you want that job it's a money yeah, trade yeah, i don't i don't ever want to lose this job. job at the time i had a girlfriend I, I would fly to barcelona for the weekend to see my girlfriend i was living what? like that we would wake up and go where'd you meet a girl from barcelona no i met a girl in vegas that just went to barcelona uh-huh. but my girlfriend at the time was super loaded so i needed to be loaded to even keep her Compete. so yeah. so then they're like they tell me that, and then so then that night I was like, you know what, I got to make a plan. And I called him up, and I was like, man, this isn't fair to me. If you're going to fire me, just let me know. You know, I got to figure out my life because then and the other you side of figure my out head, life tonight because because uh, then I figured out. Well, okay, if I'm fired, I told my roommate who's like my best friend. I go, yo, if they fire me, they're going to send me out with Marco. And the first casino I get to with all my shit, I'm just fucking taking off. I'll I'll text you where Why? I'm going what do you mean, to just to get a lot more money. I take off with all the money because I was going to be fired. So I was like, then you scoop me up. I'll text you which casino we're heading to first. You head there. The second I get out of the car, I'll just take off, get in with you, and then me and you will try to cash these tickets before they find us. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't even consider like arresting you or anything? Well, there's no arresting. This is like a drug dealer. This is oh, all right. cash. This is all- And they can't, all sort of illegal? They, they could kill me or something. So Right. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to get all the money. And then I'm out. I'll just move to Wyoming with like 200000 to start my life. <laughs> but then uh, they didn't fire me, luckily. So They did not. They said, no. okay, we thought about it. Yes. We thought about it. We kind of, you know, we, but we, so then I had to tighten it up again and be really, be careful, you know. I couldn't, I, I had to come up with a whole new scam. So over like four months, then I worked on shit, then I figured out another way to beat him. So then everything's going good. I mean, I have so much money. Like I said, my girlfriend. How else did you figure out how to beat him? Well, then I came up with another plan. So then they made me call the bets in. So then I would have oh, to right. call the bets in, but then when I'd call them in, I would do the exact same thing because there's a sense of urgency. You want to bet as much as you can to make them more money. So instead of calling them and I'd be like, I got seven parlays, $2,000 each, and then I bet the Steelers minus two. Well, really, I had eight parlays, but I knew I didn't have to go back till all the games were over. So the chances of all seven of those, all eight of them losing are like... You know, so Love. then I could just pick which one I wanted. So then I'm now I'm only making like two or three thousand dollars a day plus my salary. So what was your salary? I think I was getting like a thousand dollars a week. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's fabulous. So everything's going great. Like I said, my girl, we're just flying all over the world. Went to Italy for three weeks. I did everything yeah, I ever dreamed damn it. of. You were just living like, like a, a like in a in a dream world. I literally would wake up. I remember one time we woke up. It was Thursday. I was like, "What do you want to do?" She's like, "I don't know." And we were we were. We always wanted to see James Taylor. Like, where's James Taylor? We found out James Taylor was in Nashville on Friday. We flew to Nashville. Fuck. Saw James Taylor, met James Taylor, woke up the next morning, flew to Chicago, went to Wrigley Field, woke up the next morning, flew to uh, Milwaukee to see uh, this music festival. Just We would just wake up and go, because she also had money on top of it, too. So we, she's just rich anyway. So we were just balling. So everything's good. I have all this money. You know, I'm loving comedy, but I've, I like I can't. How long have you been doing it at this point? At this point, I've been doing it probably like five years. Okay. This is like maybe three years ago. So then, uh, it's the summer. This is three years ago. This is in is the, that recent? Uh, maybe four years ago. Wow. Yeah. So this is the summer. Yeah, it's after the and the then. Uh, so my boss is like, they had built this new computer plan. So my bosses were like the smartest dudes in the world, right? So they had built this new computer thing, and I, my bosses were like, yo, we are going to make so much money next year. You're not going to believe this shit. And I'm like, holy shit, that means I'm going to make so much money. <laughs> so it's like June. If you guys do better, I yeah. rob from the best. It's so. like June. 
I'm flying. Like I said, I'm in Italy for like three weeks, just fucking hanging out. And then, uh, so I fly back. They tell me all this. Well, my bosses, like I said, they weren't very good with ladies. So they had been, uh, Skyping with like these chicks in like Thailand that they were going to get and bring back over. Right. So teaching them English and shit. So it's right before football starts. They fly over to get their, these to like bring back wives. Yeah. But one dude stays for whatever reason. We'll never know. And, uh, He's like got a fucked up back and he's like bipolar. So he's on all this weird medication. So he freaks out in the middle of the night one night and he calls his mom in Phoenix. In a bipolar. Yeah. yeah. Well, who knows? And he calls his mom in Phoenix. So his, and then he eventually hangs up on his mom and his mom drives up from Phoenix and, uh, to Vegas. Well, she gets to the house that we work out of and she can't get in. And our house is like in a gated thing. And then, uh, there's cameras all around it and shit. So she doesn't know what to do. She calls the police uh. worried about her son. The police come in, bust down the doors. They find her son dead in the pool what we have a basement no one in vegas has a basement we have a basement we work out of which is just flat screens and computers and so they think we're bookies they confiscate everything there's three not all be bookies yeah you are bookies but we weren't bookies we're just professional we're just making bets but right so we uh they confiscate everything there's three safes and there's like 2.3 million cash in the house they take everything safes tvs everything my bosses come back with their girls from thailand and limos and shit pull up to the front of the house the front door's open they're like that's not good they run inside <laughs> see everything's gone they're yelling where's marco marco's lexus is still sitting in the front they're like where's marco they don't, the they don't know what happened they call the police they're like yo we think we got robbed and we think someone kidnapped our friend and the police are like uh your friend's dead and we have all your shit you can come see us tomorrow <laughs> my bosses go meet with them the next day they call me up and they're like uh, I get a phone call. I just answer the phone. I have no idea what's going on. I just know Marcos is missing. I go, hello? And they're like, they're like, Marcos dead. I'm like, what do you mean Marcos wow. dead? They're like, he's dead. I'm like, so. He's drowned? I, I guess so. And they're like, so what now? And I'm like, I say, so what now? And they're like, it's over. I'm like, what do you mean it's over? Like, it's over. We're moving to Costa Rica tomorrow. What? And that was it. And they hung up and that was. Did I they get their money back? Well, uh, then through lawyers, they end up, I think, getting probably like 60% of it. Why wouldn't they get it all back? Well, because I think they weren't paying taxes and shit. Uh, Once the police have it, you know, you just got to ride it out and get back what you can. So they literally moved to Costa Rica the next day and that was the end of a uh, job over. And then what did you move after that? Oh, I stayed there for uh, like another year with this girl. And then eventually I broke up with this girl. And then uh, I was like, I got to go to LA or New York. And I just came out here. Dude, it's amazing how um, once the government gets some of your money, they're like, yeah, we're not giving bets. What do you mean? It's, it's just like Game of Thrones. They're yeah. like, we found out you have a lot. Some for the king. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's literally what happened. They just couldn't. I mean, they're like, we could fight it, but why, do we want to? Because you need that money to start gambling again anyway. So they just, they needed that. You know, the government knows. Okay, well, you probably do. Technically, you can get all this money back, and we'll give it to you after this process. That'll take two or three years. <laughs> or you could take six, you 60% right now and be done with it, and we'll it's just. It's not like the lottery. You want like 5000 a week for life or just yeah. all up front right now <laughs> for like half of it? So, yeah, that was it, man. And then I was a bookie for a little bit after that, and then. uh I just got out of the gambling just because it's just kind of a. It just did a, you lay numbers down and everything? Yeah, yeah. I was a bookie for a while, but it, then you just beat all your friends out of the money, and it's just mm. kind of a shitty lifestyle. Because you just, I mean, I would if if I always tell people if you don't have a job, if you're not doing what you love, you should be a bookie because you're just it's just printing money, man. Why? Especially oh, there's so much technology no right now, you can just get a website to do everything. Can you don't you low like like lay the numbers on somebody else so like if it's too much for you yeah like, yeah you can but that's like for suckers because once everyone bets something they're gonna lose the public is always wrong see that's what would happen to me when i first started being a bookie and my boss would always it wasn't just for the juice 
No, you went uh, all the money. Fuck the juice. The juice it was about like, like that's a bad bet, so I'll just le- let everybody. Yeah, because they'll be. So what'll happen is like. So let's say you start betting with me, and you betting fifty dollars a game, no matter what. Whenever I picked up someone, they'd be they and I didn't know this, and I'd complain at first. And uh, so you'd you'll win like fifteen of the first sixteen, fifty dollars a game. You'll be up like a thousand dollars on me and i'll be like fuck and i'd call my boss and be like ari never fucking loses a game he's gonna beat me out of everything i have yeah my boss would just be like wait just just wait because i'm getting hooked and then fucking it just takes one day so then one day you bet like an eight o'clock saturday game for 50 bucks you lose that you bet the second game you lose that so now you're down 100 you're like well fuck i don't want to be down for the day i bet 200 to try to get that 100 back the chase is on so what would happen is someone would beat me over like three weeks and they'd be up like a thousand yeah. and then they'd have one bad Sunday and they'd be down 2000 and they would hate that they were down 2000. So then they'd bet all that back on Monday night to try to get it back. Then they'd be down 4,000 and then, and then it'd be over. And then now you owe me $200 That's a month. That always happens. But yeah. you wouldn't all win right away. It would just like here or there. Well, usually happen. they would win right away. And the gambling gods are like brutal. Some guys would just lose right off. But my but brother it, taught us Keno. Remember Keno? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. They had all over Vegas, but it was came to like the Maryland state lottery. And you could just go into like Seven Elevens or yeah. um, what was that other place? Uh, whatever, wanted something like Seven Eleven, and they just have it on the screen. So my brother showed us how to do it. He'd been playing for like a few weeks. Me and Avi Schneider, and he goes, "You just go bet here. I'm gonna pick, pick three. I gotta hit two or three. Mm-hmm. If I hit two, I win some. If I hit three, I win a lot more." And he hit two numbers out of twenty. He goes, "I oh, see. I was. I bet two dollars. I just won twenty. That's it." Yeah. And we're like, "That? That's free money." Well, yeah. <laughs> and we lost hundreds of dollars that summer. It was like sixteen-year-olds showing no can, money. You could be a good gambler if you're disciplined, but no one if has you're disciplined. That discipline. But see, that was the thing. playing poker online. I was no, so undisciplined. Oh, I wouldn't keep can. track of who's playing what. I would just yeah. like I'm playing five games at once. Well, see, and when I was a bookie, it was before a lot of the computer shit, so you'd have to call me. So let's say you call me like five times. You'd eventually feel like a de- degenerate and be like, I don't want to call Brant and show him that I'm chasing. But now with that much technology. What do you mean chasing? Like chasing my bets. Like oh, right. when you're betting 500, now you're like, oh, I want 500 on this game. And, and we both know like you're The fucked. only reason you're doing that yeah, is because you're just because trying you just to lost. get to even. Yeah. Yeah. But so then with the right, computer when, doesn't judge when you. technology comes, the computer doesn't judge you. So you could beat people out of fucking everything and they can bet 24 uh, 7 let's say i'm out to dinner yeah. the girl i couldn't answer the phone now i would wake up degenerates are so bad i when i was a bookie i would wake up and someone had lost 400 dollars betting on fucking indy car racing in the middle of the night because they were chasing or a soccer game and there's like something's going on the wet the internet that's what i do on espn you know that pick 25 games in a row and you and you win whatever and it's usually like 50 50 odds mm-hmm. um sometimes not quite but yeah, I'll get it up to like five, six, seven. But early on, I have nobody. I'm like Chelsea yeah. versus so and so or FC United. Win by one or more. I'm like, I don't know, the lower one. I gotta get a streak going. Well, trust me, those guys would do that. So then they'd be down like, let's say they're down five hundred. Then Chelsea's like a big favorite on someone, and Chelsea will usually win. Yeah. But then that one time, so now you're betting like three thousand to win five hundred back. But Tribadors hurt. Yeah, yeah, you didn't know that. <laughs> When people would chase, that's when I would get all the money because it's like a UFC fight. UFC is great to book because, let's say, like Silva or whoever's like never loses is like a huge favorite, but they're yeah. going to lose one time. So Silva was favored in that rematch, yeah, against Weidman. But sometimes someone's like a ten to one favorite. So let's say you're down like a thousand for the week. Yeah. So you're like, well, fuck it, I want to win. I'm going to bet twenty thousand. This guy will never lose, and then I'll be up a thousand a week. And then, but then you've lost twenty thousand. <laughs> and then I'm that. in a perfect spot because okay, you're either. Okay, you're back either up a thousand or you year. owe me twenty thousand dollars. Twenty one thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so then uh, it, it was just the greatest job in the world. You just but yeah, then, those big odds I could never bet because I'm always like I had to b- wager all that in order to get ten bucks. Yeah. And it just takes one of those to and those are the shit that you're like oh they could never lose but sometimes but sometimes they do. you just fucking pull a hamstring. Yeah. Mike Tyson only has to round. lose once when he's forty three to one favorite and you you can't. 
Now you're Didn't in a hole. Not you even could, take odds on that Buster could, Douglas fight. Yeah, well, you, were you in Vegas during that? No, no, oh. I was a kid. But they even back then they'll take odds. You can get odds on anything, man. I would lose so much money. We used to go to my high school. My boss's son would play high school games, JV games, and we would bet. We'd have five hundred dollars on a JV basketball game, man. Really? Because you'd just get there and then everyone would write down that we'd watch the warm ups, just so stereotyped. Like, man, these black guys look good. <laughs> we would bet. So we'd all. So you would write down your line, and I would write down mine, and then we'd hand them to each other. And then you could bet mine and I could bet yours at whatever limit we'd make it. And we'd be just two douchebags screaming at some sophomore in a JV game to, to make a shot in the last minute. So we didn't, so I didn't lose $500 to my boss in a meaningless, uh-huh. we'd gamble on anything. Cause back, and this is before there's a lot of internet on the phone. So when you're around gamblers, if you run your mouth, people will make you pay for it. Like, oh, I think, you know, I, I think so-and-so did this. I, I, I think Joe Rogan, I saw Joe Rogan in, uh, Let's say, yeah, Joe Rogan are in Mandalay Bay in 94. I'd be like, they weren't. That was like 97 or whatever, you know? I'd be like, oh, bullshit. And I'd be, well, fucking, well, bet then. You know, <laughs> that's and the way to it prove. just male ego with gamblers. I lost yeah. so much money just betting on fucking if Cheetos were made in Wisconsin or some. Because you, you just wanted to be right. You wanted to be right just, more than you were like, I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, it just. Everything was a bet back then. Oh, really? Well, well, bet it then. My friend did that. I said, I felt like, and I was in Israel. I said, I felt like, uh, Shaving my head. And he's like, let's go right now. Let's do it right now. I have a shaver. Yeah. Like, oh, crap. <laughs> That's on the record. Yeah, we would always get in trouble for fucking... I lost a lot of money, man. But it was just... We had so much money, man. We'd do... I remember one of the, one of the fucking things we'd do. My boss... We'd go out to dinner and there'd be like a table full of girls and we would just pick up like a monster check. Pick up their check? And then be fucking like... Fucking girls. And then they would so be like... Easy. Or we would... Uh, it's back when there was like those... Uh, cameras the throwaway ones mm-hmm. we'd be like if you guys all go in the bathroom take a picture of your tits we'll pick up the whole tab like a $200 tab and they would just be like and then we would get these fucking Pictures then we'd, them, we'd develop them then we'd try to match the fingernails to like the tits later on just dumb shit like that but we would just blow did they ever just not take the picture of the boobs no they were pretty consistent we, we only did that one twice but but we would get <laughs> take a picture of your tits we'll pick up your tab we would just get mas- I got hooked on massage parlors man it fucking cost Jerk me off a things. fortune a fortune I got hooked on. The those. problem is once you get once you get um, sexually aroused, it's tough to say no to anything. No, I was fucking. It was great because we'd go out and try to get laid, but then you could on the way home. There's one right by my house, so even so, let's say I'm drunk and it's like three in the morning. I would just hit the massage parlor, take a warm shower, get an hour massage, and jerk off and be happy. You know. Yeah. And then uh, one time the chick was like, "I'll give you a blowjob for another hundred dollars," and I would just get drunk and then just try to make them earn it. Like I'm not going to come no matter what. And it was just like a war, you know. And they'd be like, "You too drunk." I'm like, "Keep going, you too drunk." No, we agreed. Yeah, blowjob means. Completion. So this chick's like, "I'll give you a blowjob for another hundred dollars." I was like, "All right." So she puts a condom on my dick and literally goes down on my dick one time, and it just goes soft. And I'm like, "Whatever." So then, how are you gonna give a blowjob yeah. through a condom? That's what they try to do in Tijuana. That's like, every hooker ever. So what then, are you talking about she. Uh, so then I stand up and she's like two hundred dollars, and I'm like. You didn't even, and I'm, I'm literally going, you didn't even do anything. As I'm saying this, this bitch just slapped me so fucking hard in the and face. And then you came. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, you figured it out. And then I was like, no more, mas- I'm going to take a break from massage rollers for a while. But yeah, I was fucking, I spent probably $4,000 one year on it. Now, as a, as a comic, I'm like, well, it probably went 40 times. I probably spent, because it's $100 a time, so I probably went. That's an all profit business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no extra supplies getting out of the way for your $100. Yeah, you, they give you a little cup of water and a warm towel. My friend Eddie went to this place with the Something Brothers in, in San Francisco. At the, uh, what kind of strip club is it called? So, something Brothers. Anyway, but um, it, which is pretty much just a whorehouse. And um, he said, uh, the girl's like, okay, I can either jerk you off with a condom. 
He goes, okay, or? <laughs> he goes, or uh, I jerk you off without a condom, but I wear a... Um, a glove? Yeah, a dishwashing glove. <laughs> One of those ones that come halfway down your... And he goes, dishwashing glove? I don't have to think about it. <laughs> and so she lubes him up and jerks him off with, it, with the dishwashing glove. Once he comes, then she takes her hand out, turns it inside out on the way out, pees into it, ties it off, and says, Here, here's your party favor. Holy shit. Yeah. He was like, I don't really want that. I wasn't that. ready for that. I was like, yeah. wait, what is she going to do with the cub? Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird culture, man. I, the, the, all the sexual, when I moved to, to <laughs> There's Vegas. There's a lot of that in Vegas. I didn't do shit. I always tell a story about my bosses. Uh, he's just a good old boy from Kentucky. And I, when I first moved out there, I'm like 21. And he's like, uh, you got to get your asshole licked. You got to lick your girlfriend's <laughs> ass. I'm like, no way. I fucking love my, I would never do that. Are you Are you? I love crazy? my girlfriend. I wouldn't do it. And he was like, all right, boy, you just just remember. You remember <laughs> one day you can get your asshole licked. I want you to call and apologize to me. <laughs> and then sure enough, this girl fucking licked my asshole. And I called him at like two in the morning. That and, was And he amazing. was like, and I'm like, thank you. He's like, what are you talking about? It's like, I just got my asshole. Like, he's like, I told you, boy. I told you you like that shit. That's what's missing from life is give people the opportunity to go like, right? Wasn't I right? <laughs> yeah, Instead, no. people just never tell you. You're like, hey, by the way, I was way wrong about that. He was so right. I could, I still thank you. I had it done once. It wasn't that into it. It felt like someone was like licking my, licking my knee or something. Oh, man, I'm into it. If I really like a girl, that's, and then I'm like, that just shows how much I love you. But I have, what, letting her or no or licking hers. hers i'll do or that the, if I she's don't... like young and right out of the shower then i'll go for it that's what i want to <laughs> sometimes i just want to do it. I, like i was saying vegas just ru- when i got to vegas, vegas i was just like a you. fucking missionary dude the just... aesthetic there and then between the hookers and uh, massage parlors the sex club i mean because they had that sex club we used to go to fucking sex club? just with sam does naughty shows they're just a big ass sex club oh, yeah. fucking we're just people fucking, and it's just crazy. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that place. The Blue something? The Green Door. The green Door. It's fucking that's it. crazy. It's just a sex club. Just a, it's like a Costco, man. It's, it's like, huge. hey, here's where we go to smoke cigars, and over here's where we go to have sex. Yeah, it is crazy. You can't drink in there, so there's like a gay bar right you next door. You can't drink. It's just, such a, it's just a crazy mix. Of, you have to go to this gay bar next door, and then you go to this. You see the craziest shit in this. I mean, there's like a golden shower room. You see some fucking hot chicks in there, and then you just see. I brought some hot chicks with me one time. Yeah. And uh, just to go. Golden shower room. And fucking. What? Really? So we, it was like three of us and like I think we had five pretty hot chicks. And so we're walking around the, I just was showing it to them because, you yeah. know, chicks like fascinated. They probably would go there and fuck someone else, but they weren't going to fuck me. But I just remember walking through the sex club and then I'd look over my shoulder and there would just be 10 dudes following this train of girls just waiting to hopefully <laughs> fuck. It's so creepy, man. And just hoping, or if we start fucking, they could get in, you they know, because I've been there when chicks are just like, when a dude will just be like, Hey, Ten bro. dudes hey, bro. Just my fuck this chick. Hey, how you doing? Like, get, <laughs> quit, take it out of my girl. Yeah, it's a it's a weird fucking situation. By man. the way, I love this about about Runyon Canyon is when people come out here to do the alternative workout, not just yeah. walk up the thing, but now they're like stepping up on on, <laughs> on uh, picnic tables and that. I see weird. I see people ups. carrying bodies and fuck. You see, I see. Oh, yeah, guys it's like just, just do, do the, the weirdest just, shit, man. Carrying a tree stump, I'm like come on, man. <laughs> you didn't try that. You're not rocky in fucking yeah. Russia. Let me just do something for 20 minutes so I can go to Chipotle. I don't come <laughs> on, man. Don't try to fucking yeah. reinvent the wheel. Hey, before we go on, do you have any dates coming up? Uh, in yeah, I'm in. The I'm in uh, I think I'll hear this this week. When is it? This week? I think so. I'm in Fargo, the 20th. What? 22nd. They just opened a brand new comedy club. Really? I'm there. What's it the, called? Uh, the Prime Comedy Club. It's Fargo, Nick North Foley Dakota. and then me, Fargo. Then I'm in Vegas with Tom Rhodes, and then I'm in uh, 
March 7th or March 12th awesome. through the 14th at MGM. And then I'm in Phoenix okay. with the boys doing a uh, spring training. We'll really just be doing a couple of shows. Jeff Dye and Brian Moot and Andrew Slater. We do it every year. Just go down for spring training. Get fucking wasted in the outfield, watch baseball, and then and do, a, a do a show to pay show. for it. Yeah. And do a fucking chaos show at night. Where so you're all drunk. It's just a party, honestly. Dude, Jeff Dye was getting so drunk at, uh, Hold on, I'm, just, I'm, in, I'm in Chicago this weekend, 21st to the 23rd at Zany's. Nice. But Jet Tag gets drunk on other levels. He just keeps drinking. He's a machine. In man. Cabo, we were all down there, and he just kept saying, we're comics. We do what we want. <laughs> he had his no shirt on. First, The world is different to a stunning man. We do what <laughs> we want. He lives in a different world. And then I'm like, man. all right, I'll take my shirt off. And people are like, stop it, you white I try white. to. I try to explain it to people. Like he, I remember one time, to sum up Jeff, he, one time we were hanging out. And he's like, this fucking chick, she just keeps calling me at like 10 in the morning. She just wants to come over and blow me. I'm like so fucking annoyed. And, I, and then, I, then he told me what chick it was. And I was like, I would marry that chick tomorrow. Fucking <laughs> marry her tomorrow. Like he lives in a, he just gets these random Twitter messages. He'll be like, look at this message. It'll just be some chick like, hey, I know like you probably don't want to go be seen out. Or anything. Can I just come over and like fuck you? And then like we wow. don't have to go out or anything. And these chicks are smoking hot. And I'm just like. He, I mean, if you could, you had is him on. Is it just on, that he's stunning? Because I don't understand. No, I'm going to get him on again about religion and how that how it worked into his like sex. If you could get it, he's very like private about. I wish I could tell some of the stories, and I know I've told him. I, he wouldn't care if I tell you off, but right, uh, right. he ha- his he has some stories. Just the fact that the the, I, I, the girl that bought us these Super Bowl tickets. If you can get him to tell that story. Did she go with you? Yeah, and oh, okay. she brought another. It was, she bought four of them. It was two smoking. Did chicks, you hook up with one of them? No, she, I, I tried. I had a hotel room with her, but uh, I don't know how to do that. When people's like, "I brought another one for you," I'm like, "What do you mean another one for me? It's not a kick." Well, that's like high school type shit. They're it's like, like, and she's just going to. Like she she said, hasn't even met me, and she's just going to. She said you're cute, but then I, then I got there, and then she had some boyfriend, like fucking Mexican cartel. Some fu- I was like, "What are you signing me up for?" <laughs> I saw the funny thing. I saw your pictures. From when all the the, the, the um oh, confetti, confetti yeah, down, yeah. and then Fahim's yeah, and it was like he's looking down on it and you're looking up on it. <laughs> we were uh, yeah, the seats. What great seats! I'm it was better you. than Renazisi's. Like he got from Fox. I was yeah, I Fox almost I would football. If I wasn't with Jeff, I would have got kicked out of the game because I got in a fight with Russell Wilson's uncle who was sitting two rows behind me. Wow! And if it wasn't for just out of respect for him having to get Russell Wilson's overrated. I, I I'm like I think he's on a great right. defensive team and he he just manageable. Let me tell you the problem with those ri- when like you that sit that, that good. Yeah. It's just rich people complaining. See, that's why I got in a fight. Is they kept telling me to sit down. I'm like, I'm not going to sit down. It's Dude, a fucking let's Super Bowl. Game. It's third and eight. I'm down. I'm, my team's getting killed. We need some noise. Eat just eat your strawberries yeah. and cream yeah. and be quiet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seattle's your, your whole claim to fame is noise and cheering. And now you're going to tell me I got to fucking sit down. I yeah, mean, that's I why got basketball games. It. You can sit in the blue seats. It's like it sucks. Yeah. You sit behind like some guys in suits. You're like, come on, oh, man, man, get into it. Let's they're cheer. They're looking at their phone. They're not fucking. I would, that, that was How many people at the Super Bowl looking at their phone all the time and texting and tweeting? Oh, shit, everybody, man. It was Take a, one or two pictures. You save them for later. Well, because you can't send them out anyway. That's what, that's no what rookies reception, don't right? know. You spend the whole time trying to post that re-Instagram picture that just keeps saying fail, fail. Boom. Here's what you do. A little known fact. When you're at a UFC, same thing. First few fights you can get, as soon as it starts filling up, there's no more. The data yeah. gets all used. Um, one, switch to 2G because it'll, it'll take longer to load up, but it's a faster connection. so easier connection. The other one, text Twitter messages. Oh, Twitter yeah. Twitter has that, te- that, that how, that's how it started. People just text it. Yeah. So you just text I it to Twitter and then that. you've updated it. You can't check, but you can update them. Yeah. I've ch- you know, that's one thing I try to be, 
And also the mo- enjoy the moment. Enjoy, enjoy the, the moment yeah. more, man. It just fucking, I'm here. Like, I get it. Take a picture. You yeah. want this for later. If you really want a good picture, and here's what I do. Don't take a 70 pictures trying to beat the one you just took. It's good enough. Fine. One time I didn't. I left my phone and I wanted a picture of the thing. But all you have to do is go on. So go to the event, have fun, and then just go on Instagram and then just hashtag UFC. And there'll be 7,000 pictures. Just pick the pick one you wanted. Was, and that was there. Post that. Yeah. yeah, why do you have to be Because you were there. It? You saw it. You just didn't. Find a better one. Greatest. Yeah. I yeah. Or like time. I messed up the lighting on this one. Yeah. So I'll use this guy's who didn't I mean, mess up I, the lighting. I always say Instagram is just essentially trying to show your ex-girlfriend how amazing your life is anyway. So Everyone looks like they're having so much fun on Instagram. <laughs> That's what my Instagram says. It goes, my life, I said my, the profile says my life's not this great. I only post pictures of the good stuff. Yeah. So if you went through my thing, you'd be like, this dude is at the Super Bowl. <sighs> He's in the national championship game. Blah, blah. See like, Brooks Whelan's um, video that he made? Yeah. The second uh, was, a, a day. A, yeah, but cool. then he writes at the end, he's like, my life is not that exciting. Yeah, yeah. If you do this and anybody does not set it to music, it'll seem cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, Rory did it last year, and it was, it was incredible. Really? He kind of just stole that from Rory. If you ever... Rory's yeah, Brooks is, got Saturday Night Live well, yeah. in the middle of that project. I wish he'd have done it more than one second, though. Yeah, I know. Because I was just like... But no, it's really cool, man. It, he did have... Rory did like it, too? A, yeah, Rory's was a lot... Uh, Rory's was, like, a longer, but... Because, Rory wouldn't do that show he does. Oh, really? I haven't watched it. No, you haven't watched it. <laughs> and why would you watch it? <laughs> Why would you watch a shitty TBS show? I haven't seen it either. And I don't know. Maybe it's awesome. Maybe I'm wrong and it's awesome. Maybe <laughs> Sullivan and Sons is the greatest thing you've ever seen. But like those shows look like a typical old sitcom. I'm like, Rory, you're better than that, man. Wait, you haven't watched Sullivan and Sons? No. Have you? I thought you had to out of... No, but I don't have to. That's no, like I just cheer on my friends. I'm like, way to go, man. Way to make that money. Same as I cheer them on if they win the lottery. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Doesn't mean I have to like fucking waste an hour. <laughs> No, I haven't watched that. If you do some kids movie, I'm not going to go watch it. I don't. I don't expect you to. Just like my status when I post that. I'm in a kid <laughs> yeah, exactly. Movie. I'm like, I'm super happy. I'll share it. Everyone else, you should watch yeah. it. Yeah. Like uh, Whitney and Delia. I'm like that show isn't for comics. <laughs> that show is from some people, not not comedians. Everyone shit on. I'm like, guys, it's not for us. It's for housewives. Well, that is true. What I do. I do hate shitting on people that I respect or my friends, but you're right. Those shows really aren't for They're not us. for us. It's not even their fault. So I can just say I love it without watching it mm-hmm. and know I'm not lying to. No, some of your friends aren't going to go broke this year. Yeah. That's it. They definitely aren't. <laughs> so what did you do after, uh, after um, this thing fell through and they all left to um, Costa Rica to start fucking? So I came here. Fucking and this sucking. Was, this was the end of my, my Vegas, my gambling, is I came here and I was living, you know, and LA's hard, like we were talking about on the way up. Of course, LA humbles you real quick, and I didn't. So I was fucking out here. Iron Sheik humble you. Trying to make it, and uh, and it got to the point where I was screwed. I, I woke up, it was the middle of August, and I had like $20 literally in my bank account, and I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. So I had to go to the gambling well one more time, and I uh, I hit up this guy and who bets. He bets a lot, and he was betting the Super Bowl. So he wanted the Patriots to win the Super Bowl at three to one last year. He wanted year. the Patriots, to, okay. So he was like, "I want the Patriots at three to one to win the Super Bowl." So I told what him they last year. Well, they lost in the AFC Championship game. Oh. But so I told uh, him, okay. So it's before the season starts. He goes, "I want the Patriots. So they're going to make it to the Super Bowl." So I was like, "All right." Well, I go because I used to fuck the chick that ran the sports book. It won the so we ran a scam on that too. So she would like change the lines and do shit for us. How'd you meet these girls? Just Vegas, just having a pocket full of money. Trust me, when I used to carry hundred, so people just come cash, up to you and start talking. When I would just pull out money all the time, and the the when you pull out a lot of money, you'd be shocked the respect you instantly get. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, see that video of like, see what girls do if I have a Ferrari. 
Yeah. And they were just like, you want to get in? You want to take a ride? And, and I was like, yeah, sure. And I've told this like, story a ton of times, but I would, so I'd keep that lot of money in my pocket and I would, so then if I was even at like Arby's, I just kept it all in a hundreds. That's how I saved money. Cause at the end of the night, if I had anything that wasn't a hundred, I'd throw it in a jar, but I oh, kept nice. everything hundreds I for this change. Cause I was, with, cause I was a, a douche. So I'd pull out this lot of money and a girl would see it and she'd be like, oh my God, how much money is that? And oh, I'd always so go, attracted to you, I am. if you guess within a hundred, I'll give it to you. And they would be like, well, it's probably like $842. And I'd hand them the lot of the money. And by the time they got to like $3,000, they are just fucking looking at they're, me like a god. <laughs> <laughs> so then, and then I could take them anywhere too because I bet so much I'd have comps anywhere. So I'd be like, where do you want to go to dinner? They're like, I don't know. It's pick wherever you want. Because if I was not comped, I have the money for it. And just right. to, to tell a girl, you know, dudes are always like, I'll take you, you out. Just, where do you and want? And they're like, well, I don't want to go over a limit. I don't want to be. No, yeah. And you're just like, no, whatever. It was so easy. And then and then my other strategy was uh, <laughs> then I would just go to a casino that I bet at. And then we would have an amazing dinner. And then we'd do drinks. And then we'd drink more because all my drinks were comped too. So then at the end of the night, I'd be like, well, fuck, we're pretty drunk. We shouldn't drive. Well, I, I can get a free hotel room where we can just get cabs and, and just come back at- tomorrow. And most of the time they'd be like, yeah, let's just get a hotel room. And then fucking after a night, a night of fucking all the free drink. And what, what, girls love it not only when you have a pocket full of money, but then they just see you get treated like a king and have everything given to you for free. So. Dude, that shit rubs off. It was fucking incredible. If and I plus, I had confidence. Like a champion, I'd be like, oh, who, who I mean, are you? When, oh, I, yeah. when I carried that much money, I had confidence. People are like, how come you're really? like Really? It gave this? you more confidence? I'm like, oh, my God. Because I, I could. It was a light. One time I was in an elevator with Jessica Simpson and her mom. <laughs> and she's like, he's not supposed to be in here. To you? Yeah, and she's starting to throw a fit. So and you're I, not supposed to be and in I here. Was like, I'm going up. And I was like, let me, uh, I'll give you one of my business cards. And I just pulled out that wad of money. And then I was like, oh, shit, it's in the other pocket. And then just like, just shit like that. Once they see <laughs> that wad of money, everything changes. They think you're not Every, just a, some They smoke. can't fuck with you. Because no one, no loser. Like, I, I mean, to be, what, does she have to take these <laughs> elevators by herself all the time? Yeah, it was just drama. But I mean, I was a loser, but no loser carries $10,000. The second I pull out that money, they're like, this guy's someone important. You, you know look like I mean? someone you're not. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, you got confidence. No one ever tells you no. It's like being a hot, rich chick. And you go through it all, like, since you've been here? Oh, man, I went through it way... I was going through it. Like NFL football player or what? Yeah. Because I got just used to spending. It's hard for me not to pick up a check every single time just because that's what my mindset was for 12 years. So even now, I'll have $200 in my name. We'll go to Chipotle. And instead of having me and Brian and Andrew, I'll do an $8. I, just, I got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. From so that time. It kind of, it's not, it's not good for comedy, but I, I, like I, just I hate enough. that. I live for poor for so long that if, as long as I can, if I get like 50 grand a year, I can live like oh, a yeah. king. I'm telling everybody, like, nah, nah, don't worry about it. Yeah. Because you end up having no costs. Well, shit, when you're on the road, I don't have to spend. The hotel's free. You really don't have I to go spend anything eat, on the road. drink. If I sell just a At little merch, I never have to tap into any money. My merch is my baller money. Yeah. If anything I have merch, like, cool, I'm going to go to the carnival. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do some fun. That's why I'm trying to sell more merch where I, then I never even have to touch my check. And then if I eat in oh, a yeah. day or if I want to do if I want to do something, or I always try to hook up the... What do you, you do? Know? Try to get there early, eat there, and then get something else before you leave? Yeah. yeah. I, I usually just drink a shit ton when I'm on the road. So as long as they... Really? A few clubs that are like, yo... Here's your one drink ticket. But I don't... I never do that. Sometimes I'll be like, you got to pay at the end of the week, and then I just leave. I'm like, fuck you guys. I'm not paying my drink tab. I'm drinking these $2 drafts. Yeah, I know what you guys are paying me. I know how many people are here. I'm, what did I drink? Twenty of them. You got some fucking balls to try to give me a thirty-eight dollar tab. You can charge me regular amount, not a comp, <laughs> not a wholesale price too. Dude, I stop always, it. I always walk out on my comedy. Yeah, you drink. Ch- Come on, man, don't fucking. They did it to me somewhere in Boston or something. Like, here's your one drink ticket. You get one person. I'm like, guys, guess what? I might get drunk one night and I might not. Yeah. yeah. If I get too drunk, don't have me back. Yeah, if I didn't do well, and I get, but don't do this. I'm not yeah. a fucking child. No, I, I'm. It's just fucking so petty. Just 
stepping over it's dollars petty. to pick up pennies is what I always tell them. Like, really? It's like when a you Chinese place doesn't give you soy sauce to save money. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, now I'm not going to... Everything was dry. I'm not going to come back here. Or someplace that's like 95 cents for soda refills. I went to a oh, pizza yeah. place. I'm like, are you... Another I'll, soda costs more money. I'll like, never fucking give you money. I'll walk over there and refill it a hundred times. I don't know what you're going to do. Are you going to call the police? But I'm, Two cents a glass. I'm going to come over... Every single yeah, this place was it was two seventy five for a soda, and then they wanted ninety five cents for resales. Biggest think, markup, ninety five cents. It's two cents a glass. That's yeah. how much it cost them. Yeah, with no. including man hours. No, it's I, two cents a glass. That's why I just walked over there and did whatever I want. Yeah, that's why I taught that to Jeff. Now I created a monster. Why? Because I was the one that said, Jeff, do whatever fuck you want. You did tell him that, right? Yeah, because that's how I lived for like ten years, and that's how he got it from. But he should. Yeah, He's, he can draw. Trust me, when I can He's draw doing well. If I if when I can draw and I'm rich like that, I will do it. I do whatever fuck I want right now, and I'm nobody. But I, I don't do it to be a dick. But I'm not gonna. But fuck you want to do what you want. Yeah, You're not being like I want to fuck you that's over. That's why like, I became I a, go over there. a comedian. I don't have a boss. I don't do. I do whatever I want. That's and why if, I hate the TSA so much when they're like, yeah. oh, "We got to stop you." I'm like, "No, but I want to go over there." And like, no, we have to look at you. I'm like, uh, I, I don't want that. I just want to go over there. See, I'm not a problem, so leave me alone. People, people always talk about you because I have these stories with this. I have a security guard complex where I'll fight them till the end of the yeah, world. Who are you? I, Why? You Why do you have, have to a do fucking this stuff plastic badge? Like you, if you can get yeah, your you badge, made that a trophy. Yeah, shop. if you can get a badge out of a drawer, you, your badge means nothing to me. <laughs> yeah. If you can lose it and then go to a drawer and get another one, it, don't fucking talk to me. And I always just torture them because what like, do you do. Oh, just the just like if a security guard walks by me and his speaker and his and his like uh, walkie talkie goes off loud. I go, hey man, you gotta turn that down, and it'll just <laughs> drive him fucking crazy. What you can't tell me? Hey man, that's a little just the most subtle shit that makes it up. <laughs> like hey, like you can't. But I got no respect for your like. This is your job. I was kicked out of every casino. Why for fucking with security? Every time because they would fuck because I'd carry all that money. But I'm 25 at the time, and let's say there's a 45 year old guy right here, yeah. and he's doing something. Let's say he's on his phone. When you're not supposed to, they say, hey, sir, you can't be on the phone. They come to me, hey, man, get off that boy. You know, I'm like, I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> Just don't treat me any different than you treat a 65-year-old man. That is not up to you. So I was at Commerce once when, when the, when the, when the uh, floor man came over and took some like, pretty girl's side. She yeah. was like slow betting or doing something wrong. Like, like uh, yeah, what is it called when you, when you call yeah, and yeah, raise? Yeah, slow, roll, slow roll it. No, or no, no, no. or, or chip play out a turn or something? No, let's say you bet 20. I'm like, I call you. 20 and I throw that in and they go and I raise you 40 like no no no, no, no you, you don't get to do that yeah, what's yeah, that you, called well, you gotta do your action you only have one action you have to yeah. call a raise you can't go call yeah, and they took her side and we're like no no no, no. why because you want to fuck her yeah play the rules man I got kicked out just uh, last week and in, in for playing poker in Vegas really just talking shit to a chick especially <laughs> at 4 in the morning when she's the only chick in there and I'm like everybody wants her in there like, you're, like, you're like an LA five man. You do nothing for me. I said, all these guys will try to fuck you. I don't give a shit what you know. You gotta go. That's what's great about Tinder. Saying no. Oh yeah. Saying like, nah, I'd rather not even meet you. That's the one thing that I do say now. It's pretty douchey on the road. But whenever someone's like cocky to me, like we we were in Marco Island, this bitch was talking to us. We're like, you know, we live in LA, right? Like you, you couldn't <laughs> so even stupid. You you want to go to LA, but you know you couldn't make it. So Good don't don't talk to us like you're like a super hot chick. We. I, I, you wouldn't even you couldn't be a waitress where I'm from so don't act like you're gorgeous to me how just is that, to level the playing yeah. field for real how was that show at Marco Island the shows awful awful yeah, just rich fun. white people that didn't that were eating dinner yeah but that's why vacation, we stole right? the jersey and everything because oh we, yeah we had to crank it up oh yeah so anybody's watching this, this go looking for my this is not happening story with Jeff Dye it was him and Tobler <laughs> yeah that's I, what it was I created the Jeff monster oh yeah that was you guys there I was I told him hey man you do whatever you want do what you want <laughs> you got money bro that's what I learned when you got money you can do whatever you want no Jeff one is also he's just gonna keep finding work he does like oh he'll be that, fine that fix it show. For no, you're a comic. You're working on a home re- home fix up show. 
He's God's toy, man. God created him just to watch him, I think. He's fucking... They he's, said this old fable that God, um, because he loves his people he made, um, he had a few goes at the world. They said, like, this is what they said, that why it's not fair that the Jews are the chosen people. Like, what about someone else? Why do they... And he goes, actually, this is the fables, like, God chose every race. They fucked it up. He destroyed the world, started over, and ended with the Jews. So he could say, <laughs> I gave you a chance. But uh, at some point, he made the world, like, everything really easy. Crops would grow cattle were around like you wouldn't have to do any work yeah and people started warring on each other <laughs> they just started killing each other and he goes oh you need some yeah that's jeff if you, God's saw, is like, if see you what saw jeff where the town he's from like even not to even shit on him that bad but if you saw his parents or, or the thing that we all did when he's like i got two sisters so i'm like oh i can't wait to meet these two yeah. not that they're ugly but i was like these two are gonna be fucking <laughs> god he he uh there's a vacuum right he's just a toy for someone to just watch over and just uh I've never seen it. And he's just, he's a he's such a good, he's been so good to me, man. He fucking. Yeah, that's cool. How'd you guys hook up? I just met him out here fucking oh, playing basketball nice. and then. Hey, um, he, he when he started basketball, by the way, when he started playing with us, Sean Kemp's kids, it was like he didn't know the rules. No, he doesn't He didn't know three seconds. He was like, why? Why can't I stand there? It's, that's where I want to be. Don't I want to be closer to the rim? Like, yeah, I, yes, that's true. Your, your heart's in the right place. He's still learning about yeah. the rules. But he could dunk. Yeah. Like, He's an amazing. athlete, man. Yeah. But we're trying to get him in a zone one time or something, I was like, oh, we got to just know his responsibilities. I remember you just telling him, hey, did you see that guy? Just don't let him get the ball. That's it. And then yeah. and then when we have the ball, just go get it if it comes off the rim. <laughs> yeah, just go get it. Yeah, or telling people, like, you don't have to guard that guy. That guy can't shoot three-pointers. Don't guard him out there. I tell you why he doesn't know anything about basketball, because hot chicks don't give a shit about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> he's too busy fucking chicks. You know why he doesn't know what a rebound is? Because he's never had to have a rebound. <laughs> That's right. He's only fucked the He's never had a rebound. Yeah. What, um, do you run any scams out here now? Or any scams no, in your life anymore? No, I just been, I stole it. When I was in Vegas the other day, I just, out of drunk nonsense, I stole a 60 about 60 yards of blue rug in front of the palazzo just because I was drunk Ooh, it was on my out way there? Out. It was just out there for some big Dell convention the next day, and I was just drunk with two friends, so I fucking stole it, <gasps> hailed a cab over, stuck it in the back of a cab. It was hanging out the back of a hatchback down Vegas Boulevard, took it back to my hotel. And then left it there? Dropped it with the bell guy. said, hey, can you check this? <laughs> well, posted it all on Facebook. Like, yeah, we just robbed this blue carpet with two of my friends that were out there for business. Giving evidence. Yeah. And then I woke up and my friend's like, yo, you got to take that down. My bosses are like mad. And I was like, oh shit, I forgot. Everyone's not a comic like me. So. <laughs> yeah. Just like, so, there's, amazing thing. so if anyone wants like a, a blue carpet that's literally 60 yards long, just go to the bell desk at Harris in Las Vegas, and I'm sure it's because I left town with that. I was like, I'll take it back. To, but happened. it was so huge. I did it last week. So just did, shit like that, I just don't. I did that in San Diego once. I was stopped at Vaughn's, and Skippy Simon had to go in to buy like a water or something. <laughs> I was waiting in the car, like right in the front, you know? Yeah. And uh, he just jumps in and goes, go, go. <laughs> he stole all this firewood. They left firewood outside. Oh. He stole it all. And then we were like driving away, speeding away. I'm like, dude, wait, wait there's no fireplace. Yeah, what do why would he want what do you, that? I don't know, because he just saw an opportunity to steal. <laughs> so you do your drug. Yeah, that's probably my bad thing. I st- I just like the risk of a... I just like to steal shit for no reason or just get into it with security guards. Like I said, I got kicked out with the security guards that night. Just fucking... I just like to I just signed in for an audition them. today. You know when they make you sign in at the bottom and you uh-huh. go to the eighth floor, you have to sign where you're... I'm, I'm, don't use my real name. Uh-huh. They're not going to check. I'm like, Aaron Smith. <laughs> uh, I'm going to... I just scribble where I'm going. I'm like, why, why do I have to give you this record of this? Yeah, yeah. No. Or when they try to you ever do this when you leave Best Buy and like I see what's in your bag, yeah. I go, nah. <laughs> like, sorry, I have to see that. I'm like, I already bought this. I'm leaving. Yeah. Are you detaining me or can I leave? That'll start a war though when those sure. guys. I'd love it. Fuck it. Yeah, of no. course. Be like, like I oh. said, you can just the most subtle things are just be like, 
Whenever they're like, just, man, it's just easier. Just let me see. I'm like, no, it's easier. Just let me go. Yeah. You know you're getting a problem from me, so just let me go. Anyone that has a little power, if you just tell them they don't, it's just... You know, because they like that power. I just love to tell them like that. Just say, "Hey, man, you can't stand here." To a security guard, it'll <laughs> drive them here. crazy. You know, I choose where to stand. Yeah, yeah. It'll they will it'll blow their mind. Just just oh, and wow. you don't even I have to crank it up. Often. Just so subtle. Just go, "Hey, man, you're not supposed to be here." And the what do you mean? What do you mean you're not? And they'll, they will go crazy. I'm telling you, the the walkie-talkie one's my favorite. Like, hey, man, you got to turn that down. Or if they're just talking into it, hey, that's a, just a little subtle. Hey, that's hey, a little man. that's hey, a little loud. On, and they will look at you like you just committed. <laughs> but it is loud. If there were just some kid yeah, who had no, a walkie-talkie CB they radio, would to you. you'd be like, kid, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. They did. If I was talking that loud, they would. So I just love. I I've, I've really toned it down to just my own enjoyment, and I'll just I'll be like, watch this, and you can just say the most little shit like. <laughs> and they will just lose their mind, and it it just brings me more joy than it should. But they're just fucking <laughs> assholes, man. Anyone with a little power, that's not real. Like you didn't do anything. You yeah. told fucking eight thousand people where Kino yeah, is. You, didn't do you don't. Anything. You don't do anything. That's why getting when I got into little power, it, they all take more. I talk about it on stage the time when I got into it. When I I fucking everyone, you would do it too. Oh yeah. If you got to tell people where to go, you would just tell them. Yeah, but they they'll come I over. Make like, the rules. This is the sergeant. I'm like, well, sergeant of what? How is he a sergeant? <laughs> he just made what up a title, bro. Why is he You're a just some sergeant? guy that works for Harris? Yeah, you, sergeant. You are not a sergeant. There, I know sergeants. <laughs> Those you're, are army ranks. Yeah. You've been here the longest. Doesn't that's, mean that's anything. That's what you're called. Stuck here. <laughs> stuck here. Lost all ambition and here. yeah. Lost all ambition and stayed here. Not sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love that. I I never really fucked with TSA usually because I'm running late. But I am running late too. But I still managed guards. to save time for it. Uh, now I'm gonna start doing it. it just Dude, everyone, it's so much fun. Well, I tell you, the, the you feel like a patriot when you get the through. main thing is everyone in my life is such pussies about it mm-hmm. like you know this is a security guard that makes like eight dollars like he can't do it why are we wow, so scared of him because you think because he has his badge <laughs> and he has his authority that you have to respect the authority yeah. but no i do not respect the authority yeah. that you've been given yeah i agree i say no it's not it's That's not, not a false authority, authority that, I, that i we're both just two adults and if i want to let's say I wanna, if i want to walk up this escalator backwards yeah it's pro- maybe I'll fall and kill myself, but I can do it because I'm yeah. a grown ass man. Yeah. You can't determine what I can do. Yeah. I can I can do it, and you, you I can do it. You can say, "Hey, yeah. watch out! It's slippery." I'm like, yeah. "Okay, cool. I'll take that into account." Yeah, if I'm not hurting someone, it's that's when I get into it. Like, if, if I'm, I'm not doing hurting something, anyone, if I'm fucking someone else over, fine. Yeah, if if you're protecting someone or something, but if I'm just doing something that I want to do, hey baby, oh hey. <laughs> He's up right on the table. I love that. I see that dog every day. It's the most beautiful you see that dog? Australian oh, that's why shepherd. Jumped up. Oh, it's so I oh, want that dog. You. I was hoping. It's like that's so friendly. Well, I didn't. I didn't think he'd jump up here. But. Wow. Um. Yeah. Fuck authority. Yeah. So no. I'm not. No more scams. I'm trying to lay low. I got to be careful. Just as far as like. Getting but close. some of these comedy clubs, I'm like, well, fuck it, man. What you guys are paying me? Like when no, I was in Tahoe, I here. was like, fuck it, man. Yeah. Oh no, I don't. Okay. Well, we can. I mean, I don't give a shit. I'm I'm rather doing it. I'm just trying to book my own shows, man. Yeah, I how, hate. So how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, like probably nine years. Yeah, eight or nine. You're years. You're right at the point, probably, where you're getting angry about the lack of success you're having. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Not I, angry. But I like, try not to be. Angry. I just don't. Frustrated. I can't fight it, man. And if I do have some fans, like we said, some of these TV credits. Yeah, some people have TV credits, but no one gives a fuck. No one gives a fuck. What do you get? Two people. My podcast. Podcast draws more than TV now. Mm-hmm. That's why I tell them. I What's say. What's your podcast? Uh, the thirty-one. The thirty-one. Why is it that? Because you're, uh, you're. It's thirty-one questions. Oh. So I ask twenty-five the same each week, and then five. So like when, when you're on it, then five would be just for you, and then one fan question. Then twenty-five are the same each week. Like, so but they're not just stand-up. So it'd be like. What's the weirdest thing your uncle ever did? Who do you owe an apology to? 
there's stories instead of comics just telling the same comic stories. They bring out a lot of fucking, what city do you hate? Oh, yeah. Who do you want to punch in the face? Miami. So then it just... Miami answered to both those. The people. <laughs> punch Miami in the face. <laughs> What'd you do on your 21st birthday? Yeah, I want to have you on because it's... What's the, yeah, I'll do it. What's the last thing you've learned? So it's just trying It's People love it because it's not just comics telling the same stories about fucking... I did a gig in Cedar Rapids that was shitty and <laughs> I was on this show and fucking... You know that's cool. Yeah, I have the same questions that people can answer in different yeah, ways. Yeah, so people Holmes does and sex, then, religion, and yeah, comedy. and then I can re- rotate them. You know, like so now I took out one. I had one was like, what's the most rings, bracelets, and necklaces Johnny Depp has worn at one time, which is something to make him laugh. But then someone guessed it. My make believe number. Right. Well, I just made up a number, oh. then I let the fans guess. Or but I, the new one I just added is like, what's the biggest bar tab you've ever picked up? Uh, you know, I try to lead you to a story that right. You know, Get you talking so. And then I then I can also just ask about you know stuff that people the thirty one or just thirty yeah just called it's called the thirty one podcast oh, and nice. it's it's I've had you go by yourself with yeah with Moot, no yourself. no no just me but I've had you know yeah. Bert Segura all the regular Tripley's episodes good I got Brian Regan coming up wow really Brandon Flowers lead singer the you Killers meet Brian oh Vegas yeah he just showed up you know one time I was this, I was uh, I was doing shows with Tom Rhodes actually and. Tom Rhodes is such a cool I was so guy. Fucking, such a cool motherfucker. Oh, he's the best. I look at him like, I want you to be my brother. And uh, I was mad at my girlfriend, and, and I was going into the, we were doing these shows, and you know how comics are like territorial of like the booth, so there's like a, a back, booth? Uh, like a booth, or like, you know, everywhere there's a comic place that regular people aren't supposed to oh, sit. Right, right, right. So we had Smitty's a- chair. We well, had she a, hasn't been here in nine years. Yeah. Can I sit here until she comes? So we had a booth in the back corner- uh, of the comedy club where the comics would always sit and I was just having a I just got in a fight with my girlfriend and came to the thing and I was so fucking I did mad I in Toronto I sat down at a place and, and uh, Mark Breslin was like wow a lot, of, a lot of guts sitting here I'm like in a seat that was open I don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah go ahead so uh, hey baby so then I was like I came hey, in and baby. I saw this guy in like a Hawaiian shirt with this blonde <laughs> and uh, this guy had this guy had dyed his hair blonde and he was in like a Hawaiian shirt with yeah. some blonde his wife and I was like these fucking tourists. I'm going to take out my here. frustration. These tourists can't be there. And I'm heading over. And uh, I think it was Claude Shires was on the show. And I go, who the fuck is sitting in our booth? And I'm on my way over just to take out my frustration on him. And they're like, he's like, that's Brian Regan. And I was like, oh, shit. This just got really real. And then uh, so then he, so then we did the show. And then I've done a lot of shows with Tom, Tom Rhodes or Jimmy Dore. And then Brian will come. So then uh, I just became friends with him Oh, over he goes time. to see his shows in town? Yeah, he won't there, do any like, shows in Vegas, but he just loves comedy. Why? Because he out. wants to be a city where he's like... Yeah, not. and no one recognizes him when we go out. Oh, so he lives in Vegas for no reason? Yeah, he lives there. Probably the taxes and shit. Taxes. I'm out of Delaware. But, you know, yeah, in Delaware. yeah. So he, uh, he'll come to... One time his wife called me and she was like, hey, are you doing a show tonight? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, do you care if me and Brian come? I was like, holy no. shit. <laughs> and he came and... Uh, just hung out? Got uh, so then... So he... The guy before me just bombs, right? Yeah. And uh, and they were kind of picking on him. So I go up and I do my Who was set. Who's kind of picking on him? Uh, this, the there's a black guy in the oh. crowd just kind of picking on him. Oh. So I go up and I just blast this guy and I, I have a good set. And I'm looking right down the middle and Brian Regan's looking at me like watching and telling people to be quiet. And I'm like, holy shit. He's telling people to be quiet. <laughs> my set goes good, you know. I come off stage and I'm like, I can't wait to see what Brian Regan says. And he's like... Uh, Hey man, good set. I was like, oh, thanks, man. He goes, hey, where's that kid before you? And I'm like, oh, he's in the back. He's all upset about his set. He's like, go get him. 
And I'm like, what's this saying about the other kid? You can't see me. Tell me about my set. So I go and get this kid. He's sitting in the back pouting. I go, hey, man, come out here. Someone wants to talk to you. And he's like, man, fuck you. I don't want to go out there. I hate this crowd. I go, when you don't even want to see the crowd. I go, Let them all leave. I go, yeah. Out. I go, come out here. And fucking Brian took him. Uh, I introduced him. Brian took him aside. Talked to him for like 45 minutes. Just the coolest fucking. Really? He's the coolest dude in the world. Wow. He'll talk about comedy all day with you. He'll just never talk about himself. Like if you start going. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. He's like, thanks, I appreciate it. Yeah, then he'll just immediately what does that go. Do for you? Then he'll immediately go, hey, you know, where'd you start? He's really interested. He's just a genuinely good dude. He'd never. He'll, oh, he'll of course Regan. take compliments, but he doesn't. He, it's basically universally respected for comics, but only him and Stanhope are really just not in New York or in L.A. And yeah. people at that point become irrelevant, but those two have stayed no, relevant. He, uh, I saw him. He he'll always leave like tickets for me when we're like uh, on the road, and he. I went to a show one time backstage. He and, plays massive places now, right? Yeah, theaters. It's a huge theater, and he so they they give me like my backstage credentials and everything, and I yeah. so I'm like I wonder, and the lady can't figure out where it is, where like the meet and greet and everything is. So then all of a sudden, this lady goes, "Oh, are these the guys?" And I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, I guess we're the guys." So we walk backstage, and it's just him and his opener, and he's just chilling. So we're just talking to, with him, eating, and then uh, then two people come up and then his manager goes hey can you take a picture with these guys they're the people that want to do press but we didn't need to do press and then that's when i realized he didn't even need to do any press <laughs> he sold out the shows without even putting out one wow, fucking thing that's so much less effort. so he did no press no meet and greet i was like do you sell merchandise because no no he fucking did the show sold out shows just a comic standing ovation walked off stage got on the bus with his kids and left none of the shitty shit that we all have to do wow. no merch no press no nothing just sells out shows and fucking just gives him great comedy and leaves yeah i was like you are doing it right like man. fucking that's... van halen does yeah yeah like yeah yeah none of the bullshit just fucking wow. doing and then couldn't have been you know nicer to me just let me fucking sit back there and try to be clean or is that incidental no he tries but in life, he's cool. He'll drink beer and fucking. He will. He's yeah, he's he, he's he's like a comics. Comic. It's weird. It's like you're not Christian. His kids clean. No. A lot of times when people are clean, like you notice them being clean. No. They'll say things like, "My coochie." Instead, of like, and you're like, "Come on, man! No, you don't say that word." He's self conscious about like taking pictures with beers and stuff. But then once we leave, we'd always get a limo and just go in a limo and just yeah. get fucking. He 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 know he's very calculated what he's doing at all times. He's he knows he's a fucking business on his own, but. Yeah. Uh, when you get him out just with comics, you would fucking love. He'll lay him. back. Just do it. He, just, yeah, he should come into the store. That guy cool. like that. He, you know, just I'm sure you, store. he would come and talk. He just loves. He loves comedy. He, you know, a funny thing. No and matter people don't recognize him too. No, he could, no one he's ever not really on TV him. except for specials. But the, here's another thing I would learn. Just when it, wherever we go, let's say we go to a bar and there's a stage, he'll always go. He'll always say, "Hey, can I go get up on that stage? No matter what stage it is." Just if get comedy up on club it or nothing, or he'll he'll go by him, he'll go by himself and get up on the stage and like scan the room and just I've seen him do it on a little stage and a dive bar was like a karaoke stage or anytime just he look at what came it would to, be a like show, to do a show there he'll always ask the owner hey do you mind if I just go up on stage for a second and he'll go up on stage always by himself and just kind of stand there and look over the room and everything and I just find it fascinating I do that once in a while he does it no matter what like, I mean wow. we were in a shitty little bar and he was I saw him I just saw him and he just walked over to the stage got up there took a second looked at everything I was like this is so I, I don't know what he's going through in his head but it was I always found it fascinating ask him that yeah I was heckling him when he got on this little stage like do some jokes we want to hear some new shit <laughs> boo yeah yeah we booed him just that he just you know he's a good sport about it. he's he's just a true comics comic man yeah you would love 
he's great to hang with, and then he just never runs around. a business. I've never seen him. I've never even heard of him being around. He, you know, he'll be around. He'll come when he does a theater on the road. Then he'll just show up at these shitty little shows, and uh, he'll go up and do them. He is not above any. He'll do a guest spot he'll on just, a show. Yeah, he, I, there was a show we did in like Kennewick, Washington, like yeah. Jack Diddley's, just a shitty, which is, turns into a club afterwards. And he was doing like a theater. Yeah. After and after the theater show, he came over and did like five minutes on the show. After doing a sold out theater, did five minutes on the show. Paid for all the comics, but he'll always pay for everything too. Just pay for all the comics, what beers or everything. If you're a comic with him, he'll. The first time I went with him, at the end of the night, he gave everyone a hundred dollars and told him to go play roulette. And if you won, keep it. Give you me keep it. Back. You give the hundred dollars. You keep it. If you lose, don't worry about it. So then all the girls and everyone did that, and then me and him and Tom Rose just sat there and talked comedy. I just listened and it was fucking yeah. just incredible, you know, to hear those two yeah. just tell stories about Because you, like you Tom's said, Tom, he's so the greatest. Much. Tom yeah. could talk. I could sit and listen to Tom for hours. He told me how to get drugs in a weird city. <laughs> Stan, he goes, there's going to be a statue somewhere in the middle of town. <laughs> Some great leader or whatever. Just go stand by that statue. <laughs> <laughs> that is great advice. Yeah, because you will find him. And I did it somewhere. I think Melbourne... Or or Sydney somewhere where I couldn't bring and it was like yeah did I you call him that's like my yeah, asshole licking story like, dude that fucking that shit worked <laughs> it's like your what story the asshole licking story when the, my, <laughs> yeah, my boss yeah, is like yeah, no just trust him. me I did call him. just do it yeah. and one day you call me and be like him. thank you yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll ask him about that when I work with him. I literally just can't he can be a nicer guy and yeah his stories are. And yeah. he, I think he's just fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I learned watching him is the pattern thing he does. Have you ever noticed that? Someone no. pointed out to me. He'll walk in a certain pattern over and over when he's on stage. Oh, really? You know how comics always say keep moving? And if you watch it, he'll start like in the top left corner. Then he'll go diagonal back. And I wanna, I'm want i going to ask about it when I see him. But I think it's a pattern in his head that he – I think he continually does it. But another comic pointed it out to Ryan me. Ryan Holstein used this thing where he'd wrap the, the, the cord. He'd start putting up like a hose. He'd start wrapping it in like circles mm-hmm. like this. And he would get it all the way up and then he'd drop it. And then he start wrapping it. it up again as he's talking, and then uh-huh. get all right, he drop it. Yeah, it's. It was, yeah, and I wonder if that's just habit or if it's like a reason. See, or that might just, just like, be a habit. But yeah. I, I would, I want to ask Tom if that's a plan because I'm trying to move more on stage. Yeah, and then I'll catch myself sometimes like, oh yeah, let's keep moving, fucking. Fleischer told me that once where he's like, uh, it was good advice. Yeah, when I came, it was he saw me in San Diego or La Jolla or something. He was like, dude, use the stage. I'm like, what do you mean? Because you have this whole stage because you're introducing a character. Have him enter. Yeah, have well, I've like, heard. Don't just stand there. Chris Rock say like, if you keep moving, if you just stay in one place, the crowd can zone out and then come back, and you're still right there. They feel like they didn't miss anything. I get that, but I also think like if you just if you're if you're in one place that they they have to focus on you and there's not like other things like as you're walking it's like yeah. oh there's the t- ceilings looks different there and <laughs> well yeah I guess that's true too I like just talking theory too because there's no like, right answer I mean like Chris Rock told me this like that's what he put well yeah yeah no that well that's a, that's a problem I had I a have. cup with him when I had to throw somebody out with sort of like the back booth or something uh-huh. or some homelessly looking guy just grown out gray hair and gray beard and I was like oh fuck and I was working the back of the main room door so I had to like walk over there and I was about to throw him out, and then I noticed he was talking to Chris Rock, and I was like, hold on, who is that? And it was that fucking producer guy. It was Rick Rubin. It's Rick I Rubin. knew that's who you were yeah. talking about. Only like one yeah. of the most successful people yeah. in the world. Well, that's what I was going to say about I love how you've made that video. That's why I hate comedy classes, because all these Which guys have oh, rules. Yeah. I always tell young comics, go watch Ari's thing, because 
these guys have rules like you can't do this, you can't do that. I don't know if that's threes. true. No, it's not. You can do whatever. You can sit down. You can wear. Short, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's as just long like, as this you will just be the be effect funny. of that. Yeah, yeah, it can but go it bad. Mean you can't do it. But if you're funny, you can do anything. But yeah. that's why I hated these guys. Do, you do this at the mic stand. Do this. You have to wear All this. All those things mean if you anyone can't sit down. takes that class, you don't get a Hedberg out of that class. No. You'll never get Mitch Hedberg out of that class because they're like, no, you have to do this and this. Yeah. But I'm like, that's a successful comedian. And every, I think the most successful comedians are all unique. If we all did the same thing, then what the fuck? It's so did? boring. Yeah. Here's what I think those classes should teach you. They should like do the six week run or whatever, have the the graduation, and then instead of going like, now nah, you're real comedians. Instead of that, they're like, cool. Now get hit, go hit four to seven open mics a week for the next six years. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I I've fought the fight. I think it's the biggest scam ever. And the only thing I can ever defend is that. It gets you on stage that first time. Like if I when oh, right. I lived in Phoenix, yeah. I knew nothing about anything. So if I would have taken a Sebastian class, Sebastian went to a comedy class. I would have class. Yeah, the fact yeah. I didn't do it now, I just shit on anyone that does it. But I don't think it's the worst. No, I don't shit on them for doing it. I shit on the teachers. For, well, the for teachers are guys that money. gave up on their dreams. Yeah. That's what I always fight with them. I said, "Oh, I bet when you were five, you're like, oh, I hope one day I grow up and teach." I said, "You put all this time into making flyers and shit." Use that time to write jokes because yeah, that's like what you wanted level. to be. Like Rogan always talked about wanting to teach a class. I'm like, yeah, I get why you'd want to, but he's like, you don't have the time. But well, like William too. H Macy or one of those like one of the good actors, you know, those all yeah, like, yeah. seven or eight good actors. Maybe the one that just died. What's his name? Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, I think maybe it was him actually. He taught a class at like New School when he's like, you have to audition to get in this class. Yeah. And it about, it's like I want the top level like new actors, and I want to teach them something. Well, yeah, the, the other like, classes are just be a money grab. Yeah, those are guys grab. that gave up on their dream of being a comedian and don't want to. That's why I say, write new jokes. Just keep doing jokes. that instead Isn't of making that what you flyers. To do? Forget about the money. You, Isn't that what you wanted to do? You, write and perform yeah. material. You didn't do this to make flyers. You did this to quit being lazy and write jokes. We've all got to that point. You can just quit and try to con young comics. Open micers will write new jokes every week, and then at some point, as you make money, people stop writing the jokes. They just rely on the ones they have. Yeah, and I'm like, are you saying that? The jokes you wrote seven years ago were better than you are now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is it? What, what is it? What is that? They just stop getting interesting. It's just late. Do they just, it just becomes a job. It's yeah, no longer it comedy. A it is just, I, I clock in, I do the same. Just like what they say they always didn't want. You're just doing, yeah. it's like a nine to five job. It's just a Keep it for fun. 30. And then yeah. if the money comes great, if it doesn't, that's what I feel like. Aziz Ansari, I know I always point to him because he's doing really well. Him... And fucking some guy who's just struggling for a one o'clock spot at the comedy store—they're doing the same thing. Yeah. They're just trying to come up with a good joke. Yeah, I agree. the money is just bonus, same as the lottery. It's just bonus. No, I agree. Well, I always say that too. Like, I always thought, like when I was in high school, and a counselor would be like, "If you do a job you love, you'll never work a day of your life." I was like, "That's the most corny shit." It's corny. But now, but Liz, I don't have a job. I don't. This isn't a I job. Do comedy. Most of the time, I can't wait to do my show. Yeah, I can't. When I'm on the road and it's like noon, I'm like. I have to wait seven hours until I get to do what I want. That's then, what I realized that when I w- would go on with Rogan and clubs that have like three shows on a Saturday. And so they let Diaz do like the third show. Mm-hmm. And they were like, all right, do you want to feature? They asked me like way ahead of time. Yeah. And I'd be like, no, nah, we might be going out afterwards. I don't know what we're going to do. And then after like two or three of those, when I'm, when I'm there, I'm like, can I, can I do a guest spot, please? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be going up. Yeah. Why not just get paid the 50 bucks? No, for sure. You know? I just commit yeah, to it. I, I know I'm always going to go up. If there's a crowd, I will be going up. There's Yeah, there's nothing worse than sitting. When there's a hot crowd and just... And not like, getting to go up? Oh. And oh, plus, it just benefits everything in life when you get off stage. I hate trying to get pussy oh, that yeah. didn't see me. <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> it's like not using a tee in golf. I mean, yeah. I'm sure I could do it, but... I mean, yeah, but it'll take... I'll duff a lot. Harder. It'll take me nine or shit. Dude, I have gone out on one date in the last maybe 12 years with a girl that I didn't meet through comedy in some yeah. way. I met a girl in an orthodontist. I was the only one. 
orthopedist. That was the eye doctor. That, that's some of the best advice I've ever got. Never leave the venue. Once you leave the venue, you're just Joe Schmo. But or when you're at the bar venue, right next to the venue. Yeah, yeah, you got to be right. Cause like, when, where are all these people that are leaving? Where are yeah, they going? Yeah. Because that's where I want to go so they can come up to me. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to use any game. They, Never. they break the ice. Oh, hi, you're so funny. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah. What's it's your so name? much easier. You are so good. Like It's like being a hot chick. They just come it's like over. being a hot chick. And they break the ice. Yeah. Tell you how great and you are. And it's not like it's that every time. And buy you a drink. I don't want anyone listening to get the wrong idea. It's like that. Once every like well, it's mo- 20 no, it's, times. It's every time, but it's mostly dudes. Mostly dudes, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, great, man. I don't uh, do a show anymore without a dude coming over like, here's my joke. Let me buy you a drink. Yeah. Here's a story, which I, I mean, I appreciate it, but as the girls do just- Do you appreciate it? Girls I just, just find annoyance to that. Well, I, I like that they- The offer's nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I just wish it could go faster. faster. I appreciate him saying it, but I wish it wasn't- Bill a- Simmons said the best interaction he could have with fans is if they- like, if, He was like, if you see me at a, at a uh-huh. bar or something like that- if you want to buy me a drink and say, hey, man, great job. Shake my hand or tip the glass and then walk away. Keep that's like, yeah. thanks, man. That was really nice of you. That's a, uh, Trust me, I would. It's like, hey, let me buy you a drink. It's like, okay. He's like, hey, come meet my family. He's like, oh. Hey, let me tell you these three awful Michael Jackson oh. jokes. But you're trying to sell merch and people just funnel yeah. right by. Yeah, exactly. Or you're that, blocking their yeah. view of what I'm selling. <laughs> Stand over here. Yeah, it's always, it's a rare when it's chicks, but that's a, those are the bonus nights when it's. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tober. So, what do we got? What's your What's your Twitter address? Twitter, uh, just Brant Tober. B R A N D T T O L E R. Yeah, N D T T O B L E R. Podcast is uh, thirty one. Podcast on Twitter. The thirty one. Yeah, it's called the thirty one on iTunes. At just at three one podcast on Twitter. You have its own Twitter thing. I never did the Twitter thing for my podcast. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know if the same that really people. matters, but and uh, it's good. I don't actually. I don't know if it matters, but yeah. yeah so Mary does it too, and it's still like wow. go follow the podcast. And I'm going on. I'm trying to put together a tour, and I'm doing it. Like I said, if you live somewhere, tell me, and I'll come there. Really? I'm just booking bar shows and fucking. Oh yeah. Fuck these nice. clubs. Nice. These club bookers. You can all kiss my ass. And Tripoli and uh, Chris Neff and Jason Ralph did that one. Yeah, I love. I love listening to those podcasts about that. So yeah. I figure. I mean. I, people, I hate to talk money, but if I like when I feature and do like five shows for five hundred bucks, it's a fucking joke. When I can go to any town, if I get forty people to show up, I just charge <laughs> charge ten dollars at the door, and I make four hundred in a night. I can do yeah. whatever I want. I can. Well, that's what they told Stanhope at like the San Jose Improv or something. They were like, "We'll give you two thousand for the week." He's like two thousand for the week. I'm he a, made that more in my I'm backyard. A giant headliner, man. <laughs> and they're like, "Well, it's the Improv, Shane. We gotta." And now they've come off that stuff, but but they were like, uh, "That's take it or leave it." He goes, he goes, "I could make more than that at a bar for one night." He made more than that in my backyard. Yeah, and then he goes, in my "Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I can make more than that in one night." Yeah. Oh wait, why am I calling the Improv? I, you I know, just do my own show. I did it last That's year. 40 people times 10 bucks a ticket. I did it last year in a, a small run. And then, you know, some nights I'd get 30 and they'd be rough, but I'm still walking with 300. But some nights I get 80 to 100 and I'd walk with $1,000 wow. of just straight cash in these towns. And, and you're like, look, venue, I don't need you. Yeah. So if you're not going to bring people, then why am I giving you half yeah. of it? They're not bringing anyone. I'm not. And then so I would, and they would treat me like a king. They'd be like, Thank you so much for coming to my town. I you can't feel, believe you yeah, came. You filled here. up their their venue too. When they were going to have yeah. nobody on a Wednesday, and now I, they have like eighty people just there. Call bars and go because bars are always like, "Well, we don't want to get." I say, "You don't pay me a dollar. I get the door. I'll charge ten dollars at the door. You get the bar." Like, well, we do karaoke at like ten on a Friday night. I said, cool. "I do my show at eight, and I'll fucking pack it, and those people stay." And then they're like, "All right," and, and they're yeah. happy when it ends. They're like, "Hey, we made yeah. a lot more money." And and I control the whole yeah, show. Yeah, stand up with people. Be like, sure, you can put two hundred people in our place. Yeah, on a Thursday when <laughs> we're just, gonna have fifteen. Yeah, so if you're out there, tell me. I'll, I'm coming. We'll, we'll do a Tuesday night and then we'll party. Yeah, that's it, right? That's it. 
Thanks, Brent. Where do you work out in LA? Thanks for having me. Uh, no, I'm not, yeah, wherever, oh. wherever they don't put me up. I'm at the, <laughs> I'm on the road trying to pay my stupid LA rent, so I'll be at the store drinking beer. Come there, all right, or at the improv. <laughs> <laughs> drinking beer, either way. Drinking beer, either way. <laughs> yeah. All right, bye, bro. <laughs> That was the episode. What a piece of shit that guy is. Who runs off with $80,000? Who runs off with your son's money? There's nobody that's a worse father than that. Oh, except maybe Patrick Capolino, who's now staying with me. <laughs> Sorry, Pat. Um, have you abandoned your child yet? Not yet. All right. Good for you. Um, that's the episode, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget my 420 show, Store 20. It's gonna, I'm not even saying who's going to be involved. It's going to be a bunch of fun people. It's going to be a good hour and a half of fun times. Doors will open at 4 o'clock. Smoke session at 4.20. Show will start shortly after that at 4.30. Um, BYO Marijuana. There's not going to be any provided for you. I might put some candy on the tables, but that's, that's about it. Um, yeah, everyone's like, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go for, store, for 4.20? It's a big holiday. Dunk, I mean, uh, Benson is in Portland, I think. Red Band's in Vancouver. It's a bunch of people doing different places. I'm like, what about LA? No one's ever done LA. So I'm leaving three days later for New York. So I won't be back here for a long time. I don't think. Unless something comes up, I won't be back here for a while. Uh, I'm leaving the 23rd, going straight to Moon Tower, and then straight from there to New York. And then maybe not till January again. So it'll be the last time to come have a fun time. Send me off. $20 ticket. Not that much. And I'm paying a lot of the performers with that. All the performers I'm paying with that. So that's it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Check out AriShafir.com for all the details, all the music in this episode. And uh, go to Brant Tobler's website and all that stuff. Did he say what it was? I hope he did. Let me find out what his podcast was. It's the amazing thing about iTunes. You can just check and it's there. Um, but it's not loading up fast. Oh, here we go. The 31 with Brant Tobler. Oh, yeah, it's right with the 31 questions. I'll do it soon. I'll do that podcast soon. There's a lot of good podcasts up here. What else is available? Crab Feast. That's a good one with Ryan Sickler and Jay Larson. I'll do that soon too. Your Mom's House podcast with Christina Pazitsky and Tom Segura. They'll be on mine soon. In like two weeks, I'm recording them. Hmm. Tons of good podcasts. And uh, All Things Comedy, everybody. Check out allthingscomedy.com for the, the best podcast co-op on the planet. They help me get sponsors. They uh, take care of shit for me, and we're all just support each other. So I don't know who had a new album out soon. You know what? Who had an album out? Ted Alexandro. He's not on the podcast network, but the guy has the best Letterman set I've ever seen. And he's wearing his white suit. You can look it up on YouTube. He's wearing his like white suit on there. He has a few of them, but the one where he's wearing his white suit, it is one subject the whole way through. He's not just going like, oh, here's some jokes. This is what most people do on late night. They're like, here's some jokes that they approve for me to do. But dude... He just talks about <coughs> childbearing and not childbearing. It's one subject. Lots of different, like the whole way. It was so good. But he is selling his new special on his website, tellalexandro.com. It's pay what you want. I think he makes it a minimum of 99 cents. 
but it's pay what you want. So get it and fucking give whatever you want to it. But uh, you're not going to go wrong with that guy. He's a really, really good comic. All right. Oh, and then Calusa Casino. I'm with Big J Okerson. We good? Okay. Until next week. So long. Are you first Skeptic Tank episode 156? Daddy Dearest. Over. I wonder and out. What-